cool stuff in the background, but I don't want to put a, you know. Isn't that your personal background? I guess. I guess that's what it counts as. It's fair. Customized background? I don't know. Whatever you call it. Yeah. Well, here we are. Welcome back, everybody. It's episode four Hello. of A Winner Is You. You know, I should probably also, since I keep forgetting, before I forget again, is to give a shout out to the Nerdist podcast, which is where I came up with that music, because back when they used to be just the Nerdist before uh, the ID10T podcast took over with Chris Hardwick, they used to play that intro music. So if anybody's heard that before, that's where it came from. It's it's a band called Anamanaguchi, who does like 8-bit music. That sounds, you know, if you watched uh, Scott that's Pilgrim awesome. vs. the World, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World does a lot, is a lot of that Anamanaguchi band stuff, so... Had to give a shout out to that because that song is awesome, and I had to copy it because it's badass. So there you go. All right. Well, here we go, guys. Welcome back, everybody. We got a full crew again, huh? Sean's back <clears throat> after his uh, sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. I forgot it was <laughs> okay. Thursday. I, I was in the sun on an aluminum roof all day, so it was like mm. got home and crashed out. <laughs> that's a hell of a way to spend your thirtieth birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. <laughs> uh, Drew, how's it going? Yes. Uh, it's going fantastic. How's it going so, with you? You know, so, I feel like you always ask us. Somebody should ask you how you're doing. It's. Uh, I'll tell you, it's been a phenomenal week. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, bet. I am enjoying life right now. That's for sure. That's good. <laughs> I need to take more of these weeks. <laughs> Just wait till you get back into the office on Monday. Nope, it's gonna be fun. Mm. <laughs> like I might take another. You week. should roll right into another vacation. If I were you, Just keep there's a lot of fires. Yeah, <laughs> not from what I've seen. Or at least they haven't emailed me, so I'm happy. You get haven't ready. read all your email then, Adam. Oh shit! Yeah, get ready. Cock sandwich, Adam. What's happening? Mother <laughs> <laughs> bitch! You brought it out right away. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's going on, Adam? How you doing? How's your week been? Uh, you know, just living my main mentality here. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. <laughs> the model to live by. You got it, don't you? No, I don't have that one. I drive a Dodge Stratus! I got that one, though. That's oh, just... you know. Or, or uh, help me Tom Cruise, you should get that ready, because that's Tom a good Cruise. one. Everyone can eat shit! A big bag <laughs> of shit! Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, uh, you know. We should probably get right into it, I think, because it's, uh, it's going to be a weird episode. Usually we try and come up with five topics to talk about, but this time, we only got one. And it's very simple. It is virtual reality. We are going to talk all things VR today. I'm so excited. There's all sorts of games to talk about. There's all sorts of... Things I want to hear from Adam about his brand new PlayStation VR unit that he got and how he feels about virtual reality. So it is uh, this is going to be a very exciting episode, and we've got lots to talk about, so we're just going to get right into it. Oh, 
what was it? January? Drew? February? When did yeah. we end up getting uh, the Valve I think, Index? Uh, I think we ordered it sometime in February. It came in yeah, March, maybe? End of February? Somewhere in there? So, I know you've had a VR unit well before that. The HTC Vive. And yes. Since March, I guess, then, so say about five months, I've had a Valve Index. Adam's had the PlayStation VR for about a week. Sean? Uh, six days. Six days. So about a week, I was right. Ah. Yeah, you know what? You're right, you're right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean has had experience with the PlayStation VR. That's a poor way to put it. <laughs> You're not rich. You know, I said on last week that the reason you weren't there is you were celebrating your birthday just shitting yourself in VR playing Resident Evil. Ah. No. Should have left that no, story. No, I'll spend about ten minutes at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to start start a little bit with just talking about the different units that are out there and some of the kind of I guess pluses and minuses maybe for them because I, before the Valve Index, I, I did have an Odyssey Plus for a short while, the Samsung one, because I wanted to get something after Drew showed me the ways of yep. VR and I was hooked immediately. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think you you came over one day and uh, tried out the the Vive, and I think at that point, like I think literally before you went home, you were already looking up new headsets. I think I was so. on the drive home. I, 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 you know, <laughs> I was just looking down at my phone the whole time, trying to figure out what was out there. And I wanted something cheap because I knew I wanted to get the Valve Index when it came out, and I just wanted something well, when it came back. By the time when it came back, I'm sorry. I think at that at that point it was out, right? It That's was, right. it was out. It came out in July-ish of 2019, and then it it was on a pre-order. I think it was pre-order at that point. It came out somewhere around August or something like that, and then. It was pretty much available up until the holiday season of 2019. And then, you know, uh, Black Friday sales went on, a uh, big rush uh, for a bunch of games that had come out. I think they released that you would get Alex for free, and they announced Alex. And it was just a huge rush on those uh, headsets. And then they weren't available again until, you know, when you and I finally got our orders in, in February. So, yeah, at that point, it was just barely alive like there was nothing out you couldn't you couldn't even get it if you wanted it yeah and that yeah it was just the i guess the perfect timing of all that of course when when i wanted to get one and the Uh announcement of half-life a new half-life game is going to get everybody on board and that's huge for vr that they pretty much put that all into virtual reality which is absolutely crazy and yeah long wait for the valve index but i think it was well worth it um Drew, talk to me a little bit. You had the HTC Vive. I did. What did you? What were the benefits, kind of pluses and minuses, I guess, between some of those, some of the options you had with that? So I think when I first got it, it was probably 20, uh, 2017, somewhere in there, twenty eighteen, and it must have been twenty seventeen because I had it for a couple of years before uh, the index and. Uh, at that point, the only things that were really out there were the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive. 
That was pretty much it at that point. Uh, this was kind of right after both of those headsets went out of like developer-only mode, where you could really only get it if you were a hardcore developer and you wanted to put a lot of time into actually like getting this type of game to work with any, or sorry, this type of hardware to work with any game that's actually out there. Uh, they really weren't making VR games at that time. Uh, so this was right after that when it actually went semi-mainstream and you were able to get some of these headsets uh, kind of at a more reasonable price, kind of just available uh, to the average person. And I mean, I think when I made my decision between the Vive and the Rift, it really came down to, I think at that time, the Vive came with headsets, whereas the Rift, it was an extra, char- or not headsets, a hand controllers. Uh, whereas the Oculus, you had to, it was an extra upcharge to come with the controllers. I think at the end of the day, the prices were probably fairly similar between the two. Um, but for me, I just decided to go with the Vive. That seemed to be the best option for me. Uh, and it was it was awesome. It was, it was a, definitely a really cool first foray into VR. Uh, it was definitely still very early, uh, you know, you you go onto Steam now and you just search VR games. Like I think they have their own category. You can just see a, a ton of VR games and a lot of really good ones, as you know, we'll talk about later. But at that time, it was almost just tech demo after tech demo. There wasn't a ton of really full fledged games. There wasn't anything that was uh, that you know was any more than you know a half hour of gameplay. Uh, and if it was, it was because it was a, a combination of a bunch of different, you know, smaller games that all wrapped up into one. So, it, but at, at the same time, you didn't know any better at that point. Like, it was just awesome to be in VR and move around and see your hands moving and actually have this thing track your head. Uh, it was a, it was it was pretty amazing at that time. So the HTC Vive has is one of the ones that has the sensors that go up on the wall, right? It is, yeah. So it's a room scale, uh, but it has the sensors that go on the wall. And I, I had two. I think you could upgrade to. I think at that point it was you could only have two. And then later on they released the version two, which you could go up to four and expand your play space out even further. Uh, when I had it, it was limited to, I think it was a 15-foot uh, diagonal direction was the largest play space you could have. I think now it's something like a hundred and hundred and something feet. Like you could literally do a whole gymnasium with and fill it up with these things. Uh, but it, yeah, right. That'd be pretty awesome. I want to play a full scale uh, game of basketball. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. You'd have to figure out how to put the trackers on the ball. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. Oh no, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be awesome if they didn't have. They just. You know, you didn't play with a ball. You just played with the controllers. You see a bunch of guys running around on a on a court with no balls. That'd be <laughs> it's awesome. Just a virtual ball. <laughs> At some yeah. point, you just just play basketball. Get rid of the tech, right? Uh, that sounds that sounds no, like yeah. too, much too much work. That sounds like too much well, work. I, mean, I gotta buy a ball. Uh, you know. Yeah. But think about it. Like, so you if you had some space like that, like maybe you don't need a whole gymnasium. But that's part of the beauty of VR is. If you want to play a game of basketball, especially right now, you probably can't, right? You probably can't go to a gym and uh, be bouncing into other people. You know, you're trying to be safe, trying to be socially distant. Uh, it's probably not the best thing to be going and playing a baseball game. Or a basketball Florida would game. like to argue. Yeah, Florida would like to argue. But... I wasn't out at the park playing softball yesterday. Don't mind me. So I think the thing about the VR, though, is you don't have to leave your house, right? You can 
play your basketball game and hey you all can log in your at your houses and we can play a basketball game and try to experience some of those same things that we were able to experience before we couldn't um now like so a that's... torn achilles and sprained ankles yeah right? exactly <laughs> it's even worse because you actually end up running into a wall in your house <laughs> or tripping over a couch so or a cat <laughs> Or, or, or a cat, <laughs> or a kid. Oh, God. Yeah, more options. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know how the PlayStation VR is. With uh, do they have those separate sensors that you put up on the wall? Because I know there's different units out there, and I want to talk about the the differences between the two. So I, I'm not sure on those. PlayStation VR doesn't have the separate ones. Uh, not that I have. Like I got the bundle that came with everything you need to play right away um and it has just the it's a camera that you just set up and it it recommends you play within five to seven feet of that camera and then uh otherwise that's it oh it just detects the it detects like the move controllers like a lot of time i'm just calibrating the controller so it knows and then it senses the uh the headpiece like the I don't know what to call them, but they light up blue, and then you're supposed to find yourself in the camera, and that's how you know you're in the right spot. Okay, so it uses the PlayStation camera. So there is at least an external camera that it uses to find you and and kind of define the space that you're playing in? Yeah. It it gives you, like, when you're playing on the games I've played so far, it gives you, like, the circle, square, something to stand on so you know. um, We'll get into that more with the games, but it gives you a pretty good idea of where you need to be um it's really easy to reset it if you want to sit down stand up so it works pretty nice so far okay uh, yeah i think as we go along i will we'll do a follow-up episode as well because i'd like to get you know find out how that kind of works with certain games because i had the odyssey plus the samsung version uh for a short while while i was waiting for the valve index yes i spent a couple hundred dollars to wait for a more expensive vr <laughs> unit because i couldn't wait so worth it. It's it was like the worth Xbox it. S. It was. It's yeah. It was. It's a filler. Six months later, you get the better one. But, was, but what was nice is I sold it on eBay for the same price I bought it for, so I didn't lose any money. It was awesome. That's that's awesome. <laughs> um, but that one has basically cameras on the headset itself. I'm not sure, because I know we talked about inside-out tracking and things like that. I don't know if the Samsung was necessarily inside-out tracking, but it had the cameras just on the front of the unit as opposed to having external uh, cameras or sensors that you put up on the, you know, in your, on the walls or anything like that. And I, I, I noticed that was just kind of terrible, <laughs> I guess, to put it bluntly, <laughs> because basically there was certain games that you just couldn't play. And this was, you know, this one was based on the windows mixed reality, but you could still play steam VR games and things like that. But once the sensor, once your your controller that you had in your hand was away from one of the cameras on the front of the headset, it lost track of where it was. So if you did anything where, like bowling, where you had to put your arm behind you, it would lose yeah. where that controller was until you brought it back in front of your face. So unless you were playing games like, you know, gun shooting games or something where you had the gun in front of you all the time or, or games like that where the controller was just in front of your face the whole time or in front of your body, it worked It worked great. But then once you played games like that with bowling where, or something where you had to reach behind you at any point, it would lose track of it. And it 
was really annoying. So there was a good handful of games that you just couldn't play on those types of units. And I, I'm interested to see on the PlayStation VR and, and different units if that's a problem. But I guess I think as long as there's an external camera, it would probably be okay. Yeah, it's it's been fine. Like I, I admit, like I get, I will lose myself in it a little bit, and I'll be all over this room as I'm playing, and I'll take the headset off and be like, "Holy shit, how'd I end up over here?" Like not realizing <laughs> I've just been turning. Like it'll tell you when you've like gone too far out, but it's got a pretty good range on it. So tell me about your I'm setup still... then. Tell me, tell me about your in... your room there. Oh you got God! Set up. This t- this tiny office I have here. You're looking around, but all I see is Ricky Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you no, got dude staring so I, at you the whole time while you're playing. <laughs> I so the way I reset my I have like the L shape desk. So I put the camera because it all everything is plugged in to the PlayStation Four, and I put the camera in the corner of the L or it's pretty much an L and I stand, I either roll out my chair or stand in the middle of the room and it's perfect. Like that's, it's all the distance I need, which originally I thought this wouldn't be a big enough space. But like I said, I said beforehand, I hit the, I hit my light once and I didn't like smash it. I just was like, Oh, there's the chain. Cause I was doing whatever game I was playing, but it's worked out pretty nice. I'll run into stuff if I'm sitting in the chair. Cause I'll just be moving around in my chair. But uh, my biggest complaint is I have cords everywhere. They are all over the place. It is a lot of cords just for the PlayStation VR. And then to charge the Move controllers, which are dead when I got them, um, I'm already using my two USB ports, one for my external hard drive and one for my... That was fun. Oh, it, be- it begins... That got scary. Power oh, there. we're playing scary games. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, you didn't turn your lights off? No. That was a power How'd surge. How'd your computer stay on? I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know how the economy wait works. For it. That was something. Uh, I've been hearing it. I'm just waiting for it to happen. Lucky guys. It's all sunny and beautiful outside. I'm just like, ugh. Shut your face. And full of, and full of virus. Yeah. I'll take my thunder. Yeah, it's sunny outside, but you can't go anywhere. That's right. Yeah, but I'm not storming the Capitol because I don't like wearing a mask, so. That's true. You are. That's fair. In Wisconsin, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You're not? That's fair. <laughs> we know our rights. Oh, uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. I don't know. Oh, shit. oh don't there's know. cords everywhere. There's cords. And then the yeah. controllers. No, that those is true. dead when I got them. I could use them for like a couple minutes. Um, so I ended up buying a thing off Amazon where now I can charge all my controllers, put my headset, both my headsets, and uh, it's got additional USB plug-ins, so it's okay. It works better. Um, you got all the, the dongles you need? Yeah. Oh my god, I guess there's shit everywhere. This is insane <laughs> in here. But, how many how many cables are there? What what so uh, is there you, there's you I assume like one little... big cable running from the headset? So there's one big cable, which has not gotten in my way. Like, I don't even notice it. I, it kind of runs like headphone cord that I have on as it runs in front of me. So, like, it doesn't get in my way um, because you don't have to move too much. You get, they say it's like a 100-degree view. You can turn around and see all the stuff behind you. So you can do turns, but it's recommended to hit the buttons for the snap or smooth turns. And then... But there's a like a big processing unit that you plug two cords in for the the headset, all the cords into the uh, PS4 
for the camera, everything else. So it's like I have just have cords everywhere now, just for this. But I will say it's worth it. You got that same feeling over there, Sean, when you're you're playing it on the VR there. That is there the cords get in the way? Is that is that kind of a big problem? No, honestly, it's it's pretty seamless. I mean, it's unsightly because yeah, there are a lot of cords running everywhere. <laughs> but um, for the most part, like yeah, you you really don't notice because you're not moving everywhere and you're not whipping around, you know, 180 and trying to slap stuff around you. Like it's it's a very controlled feeling while you're in it. So it, you know, you're not going to freak out and go running across the room and tripping over people. Like it, I don't know. Yeah. It, it doesn't encourage you to move. So, I mean, other than having extra cords from the VR sets that I've played, because I don't have my own, it's not that bad. You must not so have I played wonder... a lot of VR games or a lot of horror games, because yeah. man, I'd be I'd be jumping back or like Half Life Alex. You're moving around a lot for sure. I, I, I keep my ass on the seat. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> So that's the thing. I wonder if there's a big difference between games specifically made for like PSVR, knowing that they have a limited range, a limited mobility uh, kind of aspect to it. Whereas oh, yeah. you know, maybe the games for the PC, there isn't those restrictions. Uh, so they, you know, it's kind of open. And like you said, you know, Half-Life Alex or some of those other horror games, you are, like, if <laughs> you're running sometimes and you got to maybe, you got to kind of catch yourself to be like, oh, wait, I can't run, <laughs> can't run into far. the wall, right? I can't. That's go why too you far. keep your ass on a seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's. I mean, that that leads into you know, depending on on how you are, it leads into certain uh, motion sickness things. Like if you're sitting down and you're trying to walk around, or if you're standing yep. up, different people have different uh, kind of levels of, that they're able to take with that. You know, for some people, I know if they're sitting down, they don't mind just a sliding, you know, normal like WASD style you know, sliding, walking motion in VR games as long as you're sitting down. But as soon as you stand up, that completely uh, completely throws you off balance and you end up falling on your ass. Um, so that's why they have those, like, blink options and the teleport options that are out there because kind of that's maybe a little bit better, but it definitely takes you out of the realism a little bit. Well, I, I don't know. It's not... Like, I can play sitting down, you know, just chilling there, killing zombies and whatnot, and then I played Beat Saber, and it was... I know this is later in the show, but it, I thought I would be disoriented by it, but surprisingly enough, like, as long as you keep your head, you know, kind of up and straight, you really feel level, you know what I mean? You don't have that feeling of, wait, yeah. how, am I, how am I actually sitting right now, or how am I actually standing? Like, it's got but, a very balanced feel to it. But I would say Beat Saber is one that doesn't encourage you to move right encourage you to stand in one spot right no. you're moving a lot as far as your arms well no because uh, you got to shift and dodge blocks you got to duck uh, under stuff like it's not i guess no no vr game tells you to go sprint while you're playing it like absolutely not but as far as like that disorientation from a standing game i don't get that but i also don't i don't know i, I don't move a lot when i'm playing vr because i don't want to bash stuff or break things but like i said the game no games encourage you to go take a sprint so it's like just chill <laughs> i guess there's a few of the like battle i don't know what you call them but uh, you know player unknown battlegrounds and 
what's the other Fortnite. one? Fortnite, you know, type of games that they've started to come out with a little bit, where it is like a giant field. They drop you off in this middle of this, you know, open area, and like it'll tell you to like pump your arms to run and things like that, or you can you know hold down the arrow yep. key and just move. You know, have it automatically move forward for you. And I, you know, I notice it for sure for me, like playing games like that, or when I played Half Life a bit. Um, there's they give you different options where you can click and move, or you can just hold the button and it'll you know you'll move like you would and you know playing it just normal PC style. And I I'd get headaches or I get I can get dizzy for sure. I, I've noticed putting mm-hmm. on a fan. If I put on the fan, it helps a bit because I can feel like there's movement going on, but. There's sure. a good handful of them where it's like, what the fuck? Like, super dizzy. Like, I I am not a fan of roller coasters. I can't do them. And I'd like, you know what? Maybe this will help, you know, try and get over some of those, either the fears or just the, the you know, the dizziness and things like that. Like, because I thought of, like, there's, we'll talk a little bit later about games with, like, being out in heights and, you know, looking down on things and, like, being on top of a building and, like, trying to get used to that like it still feels real even though you know it's fake and getting on a roller coaster i tried to do in a roller coaster i lasted about 30 seconds and i'm like i can't i can't fucking do it man i just was so dizzy and i lost my i was like i'm gonna feel like i'm gonna throw up i felt like i was on a real roller coaster it was mm-hmm. it was weird no and I, <laughs> yeah you're not wrong about that because i did play rush for Bl- or rush of blood which is like a rail shooter where you get kidnapped and put on basically a a carnival coaster that kind of takes you over places and then you shoot stuff as it comes at you and i gotta say the first time it went for a big drop i felt it in my stomach like it it was very immersive so i mean you're not wrong it it is disorienting it can be it can be it depends on what you play and uh, you know it depends on the quality of the system i think too because the you know we talked about the you know what is it 90 was 90 hertz is the Kind of the, the standard the, that they're trying to that get is to the right standard. Now. I think that was what the Vive was. That's what the Oculus Rift was. You know, obviously some of the newer headsets are going above and beyond that. But yeah, that was kind of the initial standard that, that they were going for. Yeah, that frame rate and everything will really that can change things because of how the you know the camera looks to you and the smoother it is, the, little, the more comfortable you can be. So definitely when you're looking at these and, and thinking about buying one is just definitely think about that. And you, you don't want to go below 90. I know there's some out there that are like that, but if you want to get, if you want a really good experience, you know, you definitely want to try and stay in the nineties or the 120s or what's the, mm-hmm. uh, the valve index can go up to 150. A uh, 144, 144. Uh, but it, you have to do some messing with the system settings to get it to do that. I think out of the box default is the top. The top is 120, but that's still it's a it's a big jump up from the 90. Uh, so it and yeah, the, that refresh rate is a big thing to keeping uh, that motion sickness down. Because if you think about it, you turn your head real fast. That headset has to keep up with that very quick movement. And once you get there, it has. You know, once you move your head, it has to get to where it's going at the same rate as you're moving your head. And if you're having screen tears and you're losing, you're losing frames as you're going through, it's just going to break you out of it. And all of a sudden, now your your head is no longer tied to what you're seeing, and that's where you get those motion sickness issues. So, I think the the PlayStation VR one 
is normally at 90. I don't know if it can go higher than that, but I'm not sure if you notice, you guys notice anything on the, on the VR for PlayStation, if there's a problem with any frame rates so far. You wanna no, us? not really. Um, it, it feels pretty natural. I mean, you can tell that you're, you know, playing a VR game, but, um, it's, it's pretty immersive. I got to say it's, it's fun. I was going to say it's uh, 90 is its low. It says 120 and 90. You know, I don't know how it decides when you're playing which is which, but it's felt very smooth. I've had one game where I'm like, this this isn't great. So far, everything's been really smooth. And I think it's just, you know, it, it's actually pretty impressive. Like, I know I said probably a couple weeks ago where I was like, yeah, it's probably not great. Like, just, just guessing it wasn't. But it's... I'm shocked when I play how well it handles and everything like that. So one other question I want to, before we move on here, I want to get to is on the PlayStation VR, there's, well, I guess for any VR unit, there's, there's usually a barrier, like a virtual barrier that'll show up when you're, you map your room. And when you're in the space, generally there's going to be some kind of uh, images that pop up to let you know you're, you're at your, play space area what does the the vr for playstation look like uh it depends what game you're playing i'll say because every game has done it a little different um so i know we're going to get into it a little bit but the example for iron man is you are standing in essentially an orange circle and a if you start moving too close or too far you will see kind of a quick warning thing come up like it it slowly creeps if you go way out of the circle it like shoots up to let you know you're out of the zone, but it's like trying to be subtle. Other games I played, it's just usually a circle that you can see on the ground if you look down, and you can kind of sense if you've moved too far with your head because it's all based on your head. There's no uh, feet movement. Um, it can tell if you're going too far away, coming too close, left, right. So it's been pre it's pretty good with that. And at each game, it kind of tries to blend it into the game from what I've noticed. So it's not too like, oh, look at this big box I'm standing in. Um, it kind of blends in. Nice. Yeah, I think for the Valve Index, it's it's it can vary between the games, but generally it's a blue kind of a, just a blue grid that shows up when you get close sure. to you know where your you know your place is, and it gets a little brighter as you get kind of closer to it. Yeah, I think that's coming from the Z the Steam VR, right? And you can set up whatever options you want. Uh, you can you can set it up to never show you anything if you really are confident. You're nuts. <laughs> yeah. um, or I think you oh. can set it up to always be on as well. So it's interesting the different perspectives they get. It sounds like the PlayStation VR they do they always have that circle visible all the time, or is it as you get closer to it, it shines up? Uh, it, no, so they don't have it where it's like clearly in your view, like you're playing, like it's a, a distraction. It's you have to, like, if I look down with my head, I can see the circle that I'm okay. supposed to be in. And then it's depending on what you're playing, some of them it starts to just get into your vision. So you're like, oh, I've moved too far out of this, the circle. Otherwise, some of them it just flat out pops a note on the screen. Uh, so far, that's the one that's probably been the worst, but we'll get into that. Got it. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this non-Euclidean play space that Drew brought up prior to the show. So I did bring it in there, and that's because it's something that I saw on Reddit 
this week and it popped out to me as man like this could be a game changer for vr uh because what we've been talking about you know almost this whole time is the limitations of your play space right and how much you would like to be able to just walk around whatever video game you're in and uh you're limited by the amount of physical space you have actually in your house or in your wherever your play space is so Non-Euclidean uh, play space, I guess it's a, it's a very fancy term. It's very scientific. But basically what it's trying to say is it's doing science. game design. It's, thank you. That's uh, doing, <laughs> uh, doing level design that takes advantage of kind of confusing you a little bit into, you know, even though you really are only walking, you'll say maybe you have a pretty reasonable play space on like a 15 by 15. And I think that's probably a pretty big play space compared to what most people have. Um, but say you have a 15 by 15 foot uh, play space, you know, you're only ever going to be able to go walk 15 feet in a straight line, right? That's the most, you know, maybe on a diagonal you get to 25 or something like that. But that's the, the longest you're ever going to be able to walk in a straight line. Well, with level design through this non-Euclidean play space, you can actually design the level so that it encourages you to make turns at the edges of your play space, but it increases the size of the play space. So, for instance, like you take a right down a hallway, and maybe you walk 10 feet, and you take another right, and it's actually as if you walked 20 feet or 30 feet further down that hallway than you actually walked. Right, or they can take advantage of vertical spaces like elevators and lifts and things, where you walk into the space, you go up on a lift, and then you have to turn around to walk back out. You know, now it's a completely different play space that you're in on the level, but you haven't actually moved anywhere in reality. So it's there's different engines that people are developing out there to kind of take advantage of some of these things. You know, so, certain things where you walk through a tunnel and the tunnel only looks 10 feet long, but it actually ends up moving you a hundred feet through the area. Right. Uh, or even playing with scale, right. You walk inside of one, you walk into one tunnel, you come out the other side and now you're twice as big as you were before or half as big as you were before. So it's kind of manipulating scale, manipulating the world of the game so that it still feels big and immersive, but you never actually leave that 15 foot by 15 foot box that you have available to you. And, that, and I think that's a real big game changer because it can basically base itself on whatever play space you have available to you. Any single person can say, okay, this is the amount of space I have. And potentially these levels could adapt automatically to whatever size space you have and still make it so that you don't feel boxed in, um, but also allow you to actually physically walk around the play, which is pretty awesome. Something that I haven't seen yet and I haven't seen done uh, well I'm very interested to give it a shot. So, so it's basically would take the place of you just pressing the controller button forward to move, where you can actually physically still move around your play space and. Right. You know. Yeah, you can still fit. You physically are moving, so there, there, it would get away with the uh, you know whether it's teleporting or you know pressing WASD sliding movement. It would really get away with a a lot of the kind of motion sickness things that affect a lot of people. Because I think a lot of what affects people is the fact that your character is moving, but you're not physically moving. And I think that's part of the big thing that affects people. So in a play space like this, you would physically be moving. You would be making all of the movements that your character would be making. It would just slightly change the world a little bit so that 
your character ends up moving a little bit further than maybe you actually are moving or moving through a slightly different space than you're moving. You know, one of the demos I saw was it was just, it was a house, right? And it was, you know, there's, this house looked like it had four rooms in it, right? So you walked into the first room and that's maybe a quarter of your play space. And then you walk into the next room and that's the second quarter of your play space. And then you turn right and you walk into that third room then you turn right again, and you expect to see that first room you just came from, right? But in fact, it's another room. And you could keep walking in circles and go to different rooms all the way through, and then maybe eventually you'd end up back in that same room you came in in the first place. Uh, there's, a, there's some amazing, amazing YouTube videos out there that explain this better than I can do in an audio form. Uh, but it's it's really interesting. You can kind of build these game spaces so where you're actually still taking 90-degree turns, but you end up having six rooms in a square rather than four that you would normally have you know so it's it's pretty interesting the things that they can do so it's for the most part taking place of like having your own i think ready player one you know had it where it's just your own kind of omnidirectional treadmill in the middle of the room but you know which i'm sure will come eventually but you know we obviously we have the technology but it costs you about ten thousand dollars i think exactly Exactly. This is more of a software version of that omnidirectional treadmill, right? It's it's pushing that treadmill into the software rather than into real life. Interesting. Sean, you had a... Uh, I can't remember what you called it or what, what you pre- compared it to before we started oh, recording. Oh, M.C. Escher. M.C. Escher, like impossible triangles, impossible yes. perspective. Okay. That's a... That's a fantastic comparison. Yep. So I think the the typical MC Escher is the the stairway, the stairwell, right, where it has the stairs going all different directions. So you could you could absolutely have that type of level design where you walk up to the top of one staircase, you go through the door, and all of a sudden you're upside down in that same room where you were before, right? And one game that probably most of you are familiar with that has played with this type of thing is Portal, right? Yep. So. You you go through these portals and you end up in a completely different area than you were before. Uh, but the only thing is, like, Portal takes place in a Euclidean play space. So, like, the you can plainly see that there's still a floor on the ground, there's still a ceiling above you, and, like, it's the same... So you're, you come out of that portal still with the floor down and the ceiling up and all of the walls in the same place they were when you went into it. In these non-Euclidean play spaces that doesn't necessarily have to be the case, right? You could end up on the ceiling when you go through the portal. You could end up standing on the wall. You know, you could end up in all these different places and trying to take advantage of that to widen your play space without physically widening the area you have, I think is a real neat trick that some of these developers are trying to implement. Yeah, there was a a game that was on the PlayStation Store on the PS3, and I cannot for the life of me Google it right now, Um, but it was that same thing. Basically, it was just a guy that would walk around on a line, and they'd have little barriers there and little staircases and like places for him to fall off. But if you twisted the level around in a certain way, now these two corners are connected. So he would cross that, and then you'd flip it back and try and rotate it again to line other things up. And man, I wish I could remember what that was called, because that was a fun game that, that played off of that idea of if you make them touch, they are, or if you make it look like they're touching, they are now touching. So didn't uh, doesn't Paper Mario play with your perspective a little bit like that too? Weren't you saying that you you start out in a two D and then you flip the camera and you're this opposite direction and plays with you like that? Yeah, and there's that's well done because the Origami King is coming out in a few days, so 
I'll be getting <laughs> one. Yeah. <That's>... Ching. <laughs> well done. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, that one does that where you're basically you start off kind of in the two D world like regular Super Mario Brothers games, you know, but there's you can flip it into three D. Or into you know, and so you're basically looking at your character from behind for the mo- from that part perspective, and it completely shifts where everything was. So like in the 2D world, you see you know there's the box on top of you know right above you, the Goomba's in front of you, and then when you flip it into 3D, the Goomba's off to the right away you know so it's not actually in front of you, and you can keep walking forward and go right past them or whatever you know. So like if there's something blocking your path, you flip it into the 3D world and you you know now it's open because that part or that item is no longer in the way it's off to the side and you can continue on your journey and that's the way that one works is you can you know they have those possibilities where just shifting the perspective changes where things are and changes the type of game you're playing that sounds like three dimensions with extra steps <laughs> 40 nice <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that was a reference, Adam. I'm not sure if you no, got that. I just laughed. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a that's a Rick and Morty one. You should get that one. Uh, depends what what season of Rick and Morty. Mm, two, three. Haven't oh. gotten there. So two or fair. three. <laughs> haven't gotten there. Haven't, haven't gotten, gotten there. there. You've had like ten years since the first season came out. <laughs> yeah, but it's now, a slavery now reference. Now I got HBO Max, so I'm all about it. So that's all I want to spend my time doing is watching it. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll have to have one of those episodes later on too. Not just specific to gaming. We can talk about other things, but streaming references. shows and all the different uh, yeah, references, streaming shows oh, and all the different things you can, be you can watch. Oh man, <laughs> it's good stuff. We talk about it on Bandwagon Nerds as well, so you know, it's a good one. Insert plug here. <laughs> I had to get that in because I forgot to talk about it on <laughs> yesterday's <laughs> show. Let's talk. Uh, so if I can interrupt real quick, so before we get too far away from uh, the different uh, headsets that are out there, I'm sorry I forgot to talk about this earlier, but one thing I did want to talk about with that was resolution uh, that you're seeing across these different headsets. Um, and not only resolution, but uh, there's a term that's called screen door effect uh, when it comes to VR. And I'm wondering if the PSVR is having some of the same issues that some of the other uh, devices were having. So I can explain this a little bit better. So for the HTC Vive, uh, when it first came out, you know, it looked great. But then the more you played it, the more you realized that it felt like you were looking through a screen door. So if you're like at your, you know, outside your uh, at your door or outside looking at your window and you're looking through that screen, you can see the lines of the screen, right? And so you, uh, in the VR headset, that same place, th- same thing takes effect. And it's because of the different uh, lenses and everything that are going on. It's because of the individual pixels and all of that stuff, right? So you can see that screen dooring in the HTC Vive. In the Index, it's definitely not as bad. It's there, but it's not as bad. It's way better than the HTC Vive. And I'm wondering how you guys are, if you guys are even noticing it in the PSVR. I'm sorry if I ruined your world by even bringing it up and now you're going to be looking for it. But I'm wondering... Nope. If you guys are seeing it, I am not, and I wonder. Partly, it's I didn't know this is that there's two PlayStation VR headsets, the one and then two. I have the new model because uh, that was the new bundle that came out with Iron Man. Um, and putting it on, I ha- I have no idea. Like I don't see any of that, and it's even says like when I was just 
uh, calibrating, setting it up, that's when I could kind of tell. But once I got it set with the camera, it does the measurement tracking so that it knows, like, it can figure out the distance between my eyes, how far length and all that stuff. And then once I got it set to fit with my glasses on, which is very comfortable, actually, I haven't noticed anything. I'm, it's, like, perfect. And, you know, I put that with the... I don't know the exact specs on the resolution, but it's it looks pretty good. Like, I don't notice that stuff at all. The only time I do is if I go into, like, the PlayStation Home menu to get out of a game where you're, you're just looking at a big TV screen, right? You're not actually in VR. Sure. That's where it gets a little, like, eh, it says it's iffy, but realistically, I don't need the headset on to do that. I can take it off and use my controller. Um, but I don't know if it's because it's the newer version of the headset. I guess I don't know. So the resolutions, or sorry, the resolution on the two is 960 by 1080 per eye. And it looks like that's the same as on the one. So it looks yeah. like that hasn't changed at all. Uh, but I, maybe they've done something to get rid of that screen door. Because that's good to hear that you're not noticing it that much. I do not notice it at all. And I've tried it in four different games now. And I'm not at all. So on a couple of the game, because I've definitely played on the one, because that's what my friends had. Um, it was actually kind of more game dependent than it was screen dependent. Like if it was a crappy game, yeah, you would you would have a hard time with it because it's not as vibrant. Everything's already kind of crappy looking to begin with, so it gives sure. it this sort of hazy hazy look to it. Um, but I played some racing games. Obviously, I did Biohazard. Um, Rush of Blood, and the colors and everything that they chose were kind of counter to that, you know what I mean? But if it was like a poorly produced game with kind of already a crappy looking image, it definitely, you could tell there was a haze over it. But otherwise, if it was a good game that they put, you know, quality into, like, I I never noticed it. Yeah. Okay. Dan, have you had any issues with your index? I honestly, I, I can't even tell. You know, I don't know. I just play yeah. on the games and things like that. And I know the the index has a little bit of a higher resolution than the VR or for PlayStation. It sounds like because ours is fourteen forty yeah. by sixteen hundred per eye. Yeah, so. you got it. Goddamn right, Sean. PC Master Race. <laughs> oh my god, I'm afraid about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I but, will, to be fair, uh, yeah, I don't notice uh, at I, all. <laughs> I would okay. say to be fair though, I did the versus challenge. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever used versus.com. And it's just like quickly comparing two things of similar products, and it gives you a rating. And it's the Valve Index gets a hundred, and the PlayStation VR, the one, got a seventy-eight. That's the closest I've seen out of all these Valve versus other headsets. So I, I'm taking that as a good thing. It looks at specs yeah. and all the different features and everything. It's not just a rating system based on opinion of anyone out on the internet. Well, and the big ticket for the PSVR is it's four hundred dollars. Is that right? Something like that. Oh uh, yeah, not even. Well, and so uh, so today, what could you go out and get a PlayStation Four and a PSVR VR bundle together? Like, what's your all-in cost for a VR setup? It's got to be what six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks, something like that. So. I'll let you guys look while I'm talking. So it's like a 700 buck investment, right? So from zero anything to fully playable VR, you're saying seven, 800 bucks. 
compare that to the index where the index alone is a thousand dollars between the yeah. headset, the base stations, and the hand uh, the hand uh, controllers. So that's a thousand dollars on its own. And oh, by the way, you probably need a at least fifteen hundred dollar PC somewhere in that range. You're probably mm-hmm. more likely two thousand. So you know, all in, you're talking twenty five to three thousand dollars for a VR experience when you could get the PSVR for seven hundred bucks. Yeah, like that's and a huge difference. That does, yeah, and also factoring in the games too. Like that's not even including buying games now. Yeah, that's just to get the thing <laughs> and be right. able to use it. Right. So I mean, there's. It, go ahead. I'd say generally the games I'm happy about, it, with the exception of Half Life, even though it came with the Valve Index when you buy it, that most of the VR games aren't sixty dollar games at this point. They're that's know, smaller true. experiences. They cost a lot less and. I do enjoy that part of it, at least, you know, save a little bit of money. Yeah, it, I'd say with PlayStation, it looks like, and so far what I've noticed is the most expensive has been thirty nine ninety nine, unless it's some crazy special version or extra stuff. But, like, you know, we're all used to, if you wanted to buy a new game, it's going to be 60 bucks. So if it's 40 bucks for a new game, I, I, I look at it already as it's a savings and it's kind of a cooler experience. Yeah. You don't. I mean, you don't get the a full game experience. Yeah. There's not a lot of those games out there yet. Um, but you know, at least you're not. Yeah, you're not spending sixty dollars. You can get a a fun game for fifteen bucks and and get a lot of good entertainment out of it for virtual reality for sure. Exactly. So I want to talk briefly on casualties in the virtual world before we get into <laughs> our games because. You talked about walking into walls. You know this can happen. This this is a a big thing that happens in virtual reality, where you can just you run into things or just random stuff happens. I know when I was trying out the Vive over there, Drew told me an experience of one of his nephews, uh, yeah, basically falling face first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. That was a fun experience for both of us because I saw my <laughs> I saw not only uh, my nephew attempting to jump off a plank uh, with some encouragement from his father and me, but uh, <laughs> jump, jumping off a plank, you know, a virtual plank, obviously it was, it was on the floor, uh, but we expected him to jump off just, you know, feet first, right? He dove head first, like you're jumping into a pool no, right no onto I... my floor. And, you know, it, for, you know, first, obviously we were concerned that he was okay, but right after that, I was like, what? <laughs> My headset. <laughs> My headset. <laughs> what, what happened? So, you know, it uh, it was an interesting experience. Luckily, everything was okay. He was okay. The experience, uh, the the vibe was okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that can happen. I mean, especially for you know a kid who has no concept, right? They have no idea what is the difference between uh, reality and virtual reality. Um, but obviously, Dan, you have a story where you don't have to be a kid to make some of these mistakes. So. Well, no, it's 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 still a kid. It was not me, luckily. So, oh. but I, uh, you know, when it happened, I immediately thought of you, Drew, and your and your incident because it was very close to the same thing. I had my nieces and nephews over, you know, a few handful of weeks ago, uh, just for you know, just to get to hang out because we haven't been able to really, you know, with everything going on and. Uh, so they're obviously, I'm like, well, you got to try the VR stuff, you know, I mean, my nephew is, you know, teenager and stuff and just absolutely 
fell in love with it and playing hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades and, and things like that and just doing fun stuff. And then uh, it was my niece's turns, who are a little bit younger. And one of my nieces, I'm like, well, I'll put in uh, Pierhead Arcade. I don't know if you know that one, but it's um, it's basically like going to an arcade you know, where they have skee-ball and pop shop basketball and, you know, like going to, a, you know, Dave and Buster's or, you know, Point sure. Burger Bar, you know, the kind of stuff they would have there. And, uh, yeah. So I'm like, she's walking around, you know, I told her, you know, here's, you know, the thing we got her all set up and she's, you know, good and she's doing her thing. And she's like, I want to play the pop shop basketball. So she walks over to the pop shop basketball and you drop a quarter in and the, you know, the balls come down and you're clicking the button and trying to shoot. And so she's obviously shorter and trying to look up at the hoop. So she's jumping to throw baskets, to shoot baskets. So she's jumping in the air, and all of a sudden she's trying to lean forward to get closer. And as she jumps to lean forward, she jumps and falls face first right on her face. Uh, <laughs> it just goes hard oh, down. <laughs> Luckily, it's a little bit carpeted floor, but she just went mm-hmm. completely face first right on, right on the unit, right on everything. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, and my setup, <laughs> yeah. my setup here, I've got the cords running up to the ceiling. So, you know, they're not, you know, you can't trip over them or anything like that. So I'm looking up like, oh, God, like, I didn't think this cord was going to make it all the way down to the floor for one because I'm like, oh, shit. And, uh, you know, she laughed it oh, off, boy. you know, because we obviously weren't like, oh, no, no, you know, we were laughing with her and she you know laughed it off and she was fine but it was like we, she couldn't see anything so my brother and i are you know lift her up and try and stand her back up and take the headset off like you're all right you okay and she you know she's like yeah i'm fine i'm fine and then it hit me like oh shit that was like i hope everything's okay because she literally went hands and face first it was remotes and face mask boom crash into the floor mm-hmm. i'm like well i hope nothing's broken because that's like a thousand bucks and <laughs> yeah. you know, she was obviously fine so that was good and then, <laughs> and then i'm looking like man and, and so the rest of the night when she ever she played my brother was basically standing next to her <laughs> because she, playing you know, guard just waiting for her like okay helicopter parenting yeah, <laughs> yeah. virtual <laughs> helicopter parenting <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's it's honestly not that surprising. I mean, people couldn't handle the fucking Wii without throwing a controller through their TV, and it's like right. now you're taking away their vision and replacing it with a totally different perspective. And it's like, yeah, people are gonna just fuck themselves up on this, <laughs> and it's gonna be really entertaining to watch if you're there. <laughs> I've I've the farthest closest I've gotten was I have when I had it upstairs. I did hit a, hit the ceiling fan when I was playing a basketball game. Um, and then down here, since I moved, I opened up, you know, some more space here and on one end is my, my computer desk. And I actually hit my head on the computer desk one time, (laughs) reaching down to pick up something. And I was like, like, were you playing? Oh shit. Like, Uh, whoa. Okay. Well, I know where I am now. And like, for some reason I didn't, the barricade didn't come up or it was just so, you know, in with the color of the game. I just didn't even see it because otherwise it would have stopped me, but didn't even notice <laughs> just went head first I'm like oh god damn it <laughs> so, so what game makes you go under a desk out of curiosity uh, <laughs> not under a desk <laughs> although well you can play some uh if you play some uh, escape room games there are some where you have to you crawl under a desk to find things so it can't happen actually but good yeah. save good save that's right some horror <laughs> games where yeah. that's a good hiding spot so oh god <laughs> i don't want to know don't talk about horror games. 
I like that none of those are on the list. <laughs> that one could make you bash your face into a desk. I mean, it is a horror. I would, yeah. Jeez. But I'm pumped. I was rim shot on that one. On. <laughs> I need one. Where is it? There you go. I'm getting a head shake. I'm getting a head shake. So it was good. <laughs> I knew where it was going. <laughs> we we, we knew where it was going. On the desks. He wasn't Dan's even in VR. <laughs> he just banged his head on the desk. <laughs> Other to, reasons. Yeah. I'm about to get under the desk with the storm that's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I keep seeing the lightning. Oh boy! I'm yeah. like, Shit! <laughs> I was almost down. I was almost down a half an hour ago. We're holding strong. All right. So far, so good. We're gonna spend the last half of this talking games, and we'll go whatever games we want to talk about. I know we got a lot on the list. We'll probably hit a couple quick, and some more we'll spend a little bit of time on. But first, we got to give love to our sponsors. Now a word from my God, our sponsor. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, King Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And we're back. <laughs> you love that. That's so stupid. That was that Roman Reigns. Oh, I did it last time, too. I can't help it. Getting Roman Reigns. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> oh, let's talk a little games. Let's talk. We got a lot of games that are out there. I know, Adam, you want to start. Because I want to hear about Iron Man, because that's one that is not available for Steam and the place there and the PCs. So I want to hear all about how that works on the PlayStation sure. VR. Yes. So I have gotten, I put in a couple hours, um, roughly. On, I think I got to chapter five. Uh, I double checked, but the so far uh, it looks really good. It's not. Perfect graphics, I'd say. You're clearly, it's not like meant to be like these are actual people you're looking at. So that sometimes that throws me off. Um, it's it's not what we thought it was. Where it'd be like a rail shooter, and it all comes to you, and you know you have to put in an effort flying around, or you are not going to complete some of these missions or kind of the warm up uh, modes to try out your new gadgets and everything you add to your suit. So that part I really enjoy because it I feel like you have to put effort in how you control your hands. Otherwise, you're not flying correctly. And you're, you are going to go way away from the mission because you're not 
controlling yourself how you should be. And it, it got, it's a little weird. I get better. I think each time I do a practice mode or like you kind of do a practice mode in between each big mission. Um, overall, like I love the way it looks. So when that one is the one where it's an orange circle, if you look down, you see yourself as Iron Man and it's kind of blue. It's kind of a blue outline and you can see the hands and everything. And the camera picks up based on how you hold your the controller with your wrist, what kind of firing you're doing. Um, and so, like, it also can sense which way you want because you can boost yourself forward or go side to side to dodge. Um, it is way better than I thought it would be. My biggest, it's a complaint, but it's, so far, I think it's just this way because it's getting started. I haven't gotten to a point where I'm like, I've played a lot of hours. Only playing a couple hours, I feel like it's way too much load time. And I get it because you're loading in a whole world around you, but it's not like I'm walking. It's snapped to spots when you're not flying around. So like, if you're in Tony's house or in his, um, in his garage and you're messing around and everything you can possibly do in there, you snap to locations. But if you're playing an actual action mission sequence or flying out over his house in Malibu, it's free. You can go all over it. And if you go too far away, it'll tell you to get back to the mission area. Um, so, like, for the fact it's snapped two places, like, it ta- I feel like I'm sitting there just staring at a loading screen for such a long time. And then I'm in it and I'm playing and it's like five minutes. And then I'm back in a loading. So that's my complaint, but overall, I'm really enjoying playing it. Like, I just keep wanting to play. So just moving from, like, one location to the other, when you snap to move, it's taken that long to load? No, so it loads, so you get into the game, you it'll be like a black screen for a while, finally words will pop up, and that's kind of like a little sit, sitting, and then you'll be kind of in a menu, it'll be giving you, like, you know, you've seen old loading screens or gives you tips and notes and stuff as you're just waiting and it'll tell you what chapter you're on and then you're just watching this orb thing in front of you as it's just counting up numbers and it i feel like it takes a long time to finally it hits 100 and you load into what you're doing so it's it's just like everything you do it loads it's constantly loading but i get it because it can't be super open world i imagine i guess i don't know it could be better for the PC Master Race. But um, the time you are actually playing, awesome. Love it. I love the flying around, shooting, different types of shooting styles. Um, And just the way, like, I feel like, wow, I feel like Iron Man. Like, it it gets me as soon as I start playing. Nice. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Uh, You know, that's that's pretty exciting to hear that. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping maybe it'll come to PC at some point, but that's, yeah. You don't think that's going to happen? You don't think it's going to happen? I or... do not. I, I think it's going to be an exclusive. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's, well, obviously it's just PlayStation, but it says it's exclusive. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk. So far, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's talk a little Half Life. You know, that's next on our list. We got Half Life, we got Boneworks. A lot of games like that. I haven't played Boneworks yet, but these are games that are more of a full story experience. A lot of different options for movements, interactions with basically everything, Drew. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's it's amazing. These these two games are 
fantastic. Uh, I mean, Alex is a far and beyond uh, Boneworks. I mean, I don't know that you can really mention the two in the same breath. I put the two next to each other simply because they were very similar style games, uh, you know, shooting, physics-based games. Uh, but yeah, let's just talk Alex because I think that's uh, that's a topic in, its, in itself. Alex is just... It's a breakout game for VR. It's the first game that I've played where it's a fully-fledged, you know, point-to-point full game with a full story that's, you know, it's has good writing, has a fantastic story, has fantastic gameplay. You feel immersed, but it's all in VR. This is the first one that I've seen that's like that. I don't know. Dan, do you feel the same way? Yeah, and I you know, having the Half Life story embedded into it because it's it's a is part of the Half Life universe and everything, and I know all of us here have played Half Life and how great the story is and everything, and this is that offshoot, you know, in between episode or whatever, Half Life One and Half Life Two. So yep. Yep. you know, it's it's awesome and it it's yeah, it's a fully immersive story and just the the physics of everything and they you know valve is always good at introducing new things to certain games and half-life with the gravity gun and, and different types of things that they come up with these after i'm gonna i'm botching the name at the hands what are the what are they called the uh oh geez the gravity gloves were they just gravity gloves gravity gloves uh, no they're what's the guy's name what's his name the Gordon? scientist guy no no not Gordon. It's the guy that's Freeman, what not Freeman. Hell? No, that's it's the, the yeah. Uh, the Russells, Mister G, Mr. the G. Russells, Gary, Russells, Gary. It's, yeah, it's the Russells. Yeah. So the main, the not the main character. The main character is Alex herself, but uh, your kind of sidekick, who's actually not along with you, she's just in your He's ear in for a lot of the game, is uh, Russell, who's a, a kind of scientist type character who's helping you out along the way, and he's the inventor of. The Russells, which are, it, they're gloves that Alex puts on, and they're basically gravity gloves. You know, I think you could just say the gravity gloves, and people would know what you're talking about. Uh, and Dan, I don't know how you felt when you first put them on in the game, uh, but they give you a very quick tutorial where you pull a couple things off, uh, like the back of a truck, uh, and then Russell throws you a gun, and you have to try to grab it. Uh, and I think the gun you're supposed to miss, but then he throws you a, a clip, and you can actually grab it right out of the air with these gravity gloves. And I think the very first time I played it, it was like, man, this is a little weird trying to get used to it. But literally after five minutes, it was just ingrained in me exactly how to use these things. You just point at what you want to grab and it can be, you know, 20 feet away from you. But you just point at it, flick your wrist and it just comes right to you and you catch it. And it's just so second nature like that. That movement is nothing you've ever done in life, right? You've never had anything where you could just reach out and grab something 20 feet away and bring it to you. But yet, once you get into this game, it just feels so second nature to be able to do that. It's amazing. Oh, Dan, do you have the same perspective? Yeah, basically, it was, yeah, you kind of reach out and an item would highlight. And I mean, basically, everything in this game was interactive, would, would highlight. So you could you'd reach out and you just kind of grip and you, you flick your wrist and that thing comes flying at you and you can just grab it out of the air and to you know interact with it however and at yeah, the beginning it was like yeah it's just weird you know because you have to get used to it obviously but like just the interactions and being able to do that in a smooth motion and when you're in the middle of doing something and you just reach out grab you know reach out and flick it towards you and you can you know 
grab it, whether it's a you know a clip or a grenade or something you need in the universe to you know interact with to get to the next thing or whatever. It's it's all available to you, and just how smooth and accurate I guess is the word yeah. it was is is amazing that it you know it just it knows and it was it just yeah it became second nature because it was just so smooth and, and everything with the way it worked and you didn't feel like you were struggling with it at any point in the game which was which was absolutely crazy no i mean it's one of the things that even helped the combat right because you know in a vr game especially it i think some people really like combat in vr games where you're kind of constantly ducking behind things and getting out of the way and peeking around corners and stuff uh, but for some people, that's a little bit more difficult. But with, with these gravity guns, you could kind of adjust your gloves. play. Sorry, what did I say? Gloves. Guns? Gravity guns, gloves. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, the gravity gloves, you are you can adjust how you play, right? You can reach out and grab the grenade right off of a guy's back with these gloves, right? And then activate it and throw it right back to him. If they're throwing a grenade, grenade at you, you can grab it right out of the air and throw it right back to him. So the, there's different styles of play that this lends to, and it's really nice. You know, and one of the other things I just absolutely loved about playing Half Life, and I don't, I don't know if it's, if there's, if it does this in any other game or not, because I, I don't, I haven't played anything that's like this, but the ability to, that you can in a combat, you can hide behind a, a wall or hide behind something, but like when you're in a shootout and you can fire off your gun and you run it, your clip runs out, you can duck down, you hit a button and your clip drops, and you can reach behind your back because you have this technically you have this backpack but you can just you reach behind your back and grip and it'll pull out a clip for you if you have it available and it just pulls it out have it in your hand and you can pop it in the gun and you're good to go like the fact that you can just reach behind you and you do the same thing with when you pick up clips and things like that for the weapons on your journey you just basically put it over your shoulder and let it go and it drops it into a backpack into your inventory and you just keep on going like and the the motion of that was so smooth again that it just knew that you were doing that. And when you let go, it was like, okay, that goes into your inventory. You're good to go. And it knew, you know, whatever weapon you had in your hand, it would, when you reached in the back to pull out a clip, that's the one it would pull out for you. And it was just, it was so cool and how seamless and everything that it, that worked that it just felt so kind of cool that you could just go up, reach back there grab a new, you know, new clip, boom, you're good to go. And you're ready to, you know, keep on battling. I, I just, I absolutely love that. And it was great because it was, based on whatever gun you had equipped at that point, right? right? So if you had your pistol equipped, when you reached back, you'd grab a pistol clip. If you had your shotgun, it, you'd reach back and you'd grab shotgun shells. So it's just so seamless. You didn't have to think about, you know, I reach here for this, I reach there for that. It was the same movement. You just reach behind your back and you grab whatever uh, clip you want or whatever ammo you need at that time and go to town. So, yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah. All right. Enough Half-Life. For now, you think? Uh, no, we no. have to talk about the horror elements. I'm sorry. Oh I know. God! Yes. Okay. You're well, right. I was, I was gonna say though, real quick, because I obviously don't haven't played it, but I've watched uh, gameplays of it because I wanted to see it. It looks amazing, and then you watch people exactly what you guys just said go behind their back and it's like so seamless, and then it's like the gravity gun. Watch them pick up a barrel to throw and shoot the barrel, and I'm like. Is this even real? Like, this is not like any other VR game. Like, it looks amazing. And then all the things you can do, like, think about all the other VR games. Like, I've already played a couple where it's like, you try to pick up something and grab it with the other hand and it drops it. And it's like, well, I hope it resets somewhere because I can't pick it up off the ground. 
you don't have that. Like that's it's so awesome. Like how realistic that can feel. Well, let me let me ask you, how do you feel about the head crabs? <laughs> Sean, Adam, you guys you guys like the head crabs in Half Life, right? Big fan. No. no, I'm good. I Sorry. think they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won't. When you play this you game, you won't. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, see, that brings a different element to it. But coming around the corner and having him try, you know, to just squidge your face, I was like, ah, it's cute. But no, not not in VR. <laughs> not when they're literally in jumping your face in VR. Oh god. See, that's when you so, bash your head against the desk. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> they jump on your face, and it's literally it like that beak is right there in your face like you and you I'm, reach up yeah. and you have to grab it off of your head like that's the way you get it off you is you grab it and pull it off of your face and i can tell you i've slammed my controller into my headset trying to grab <laughs> this thing off of my face and i i tell you i am not a spider guy like spiders in general and me just do not mix spiders uh you know what you're fine you eat mosquitoes i like you for that but stay away from me get the hell away from me uh these so the head crabs i mean i know they're they're not spiders right they only have four legs and not eight but they evoke spiderness as far as i'm concerned damn so call you out on that i was gonna they're half (laughs) a (laughs) wood i'm glad i mentioned that i didn't get called out half life half rachnids god forbid it's a crab it's not even a spider they don't even have the same amount of legs right okay i'm better thank you continue God, so, and it's, so and it's it's not even the normal head crabs. Then so the normal head crabs with kind of the white back, like those, it, the game introduces introduces you to those fairly early. But you kind of get used to them, and you realize that they're actually pretty slow, right? Well, maybe Dan doesn't, you don't but get used a to lot them. of us, <laughs> uh, a lot of people, I think, get used to them, and you 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 have plenty of time to react to them. Uh, you know, they jump at you from usually far away. Usually you you can even, if you're good enough, you can try to grab them right out of the air. Uh, but Or you can just shot, shoot at them a couple times, and it's very unlikely you're going to get attacked by an actual head crab, like a normal head crab, the later in the game you go, just because you kind of get used to them. And I think they might even be a little bit slower than in the old Half-Life games, just to kind of bring them down a little bit uh, to kind of reduce some of that horror element. But uh, the other one, which is the poison head crab, is... Uh, it's a piece of shit as far as I'm concerned. And uh, there's there's one level in particular, Dan, I know you you know where I'm going with this, but it's it's in the Heartbreak Hotel. Or not Heartbreak Hotel. Sorry, what Heartbreak is it? Hotel. Northern, Northern Star. Sorry. Oh, it's an Elvis movie? <laughs> yes. It's in the okay, Northern Boomer. Star Hotel. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So it's in the Northern Star Hotel. And there's one there's one area where it's completely dark, and it is just it is just head, uh, head crab city. Like you can kill as many head crabs as you want, and they will just keep coming. There is limitless head crabs in this place. And I remember, you know, this is a minor spoiler, so if you haven't played it, skip ahead two minutes. But uh, when I first got into this place, you you just want to get out of there as fast as possible, and 
this is bombed out hotel. You can see you're you're walking into this room and you can just see multiple floors. It's all kind of bombed out. So you can see it like three floors up. You're kind of thinking like, okay, that's where I have to go. I have to go three floors up. And all the floors are missing. So there's you know planks that you have to walk across. And of course, there's jump scares along the way where a head crab come, like flies out of a toilet at you or you know they drop from the ceiling right next to you. So yeah, there is a part whole... where it comes out of a toilet. It is that. Ah, yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck? So you can get crabs That's from a public see. toilet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you spend this whole journey going up, you know, through three floors of these head crabs, and you get all the way to the top, only to realize that the door is locked, electronically locked. And you look at the cable going down to where that electronic lock is, and it's in the basement, all the way back down the way you came into the place where those head crabs are spawning from. Oh my god. I when I saw that, my heart dropped. I was like, this you gotta be I think I literally saved and just quit for a second. Like I just got out of the game. I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. <laughs> Luckily there is a good reward for that. You do get the SMG or the semi auto automatic uh you know, rifle type gun. So you do get a little bit of a reward for getting in down into that basement. That's kind of where you pick that up. But I tell you, I I hate that level. That's my least favorite level in the entire game. I I played through the game once all the way, and I went through and played through again. And uh, one of the achievements that you can get in this game, like many other Half-Life games, is called the Gnome Achievement, where very early in the game, you'll see a gnome. Uh, I think it's in this game, it's right where Russell is giving you your gun for the first time. Uh, there's a gnome kind of off to the side. And the achievement is you have to bring that gnome with you through the entire game all the way to the end screen. Uh, and on Half-Life, it's especially, or in Half-Life Alex, sorry, it's especially crappy because it takes up one hand. Like you have to be holding it at all times. You can't put it into a backpack you can't you, you have these little storage places on your wrists where you can store uh like extra health packs and extra grenades and things you can't put the gnome into those so you literally have to carry this gnome all the way through the game and it's burdensome right because you're you would like to be able to use two hands for things you need two hands to reload you need two hands for a lot of things so you have one hand devoted to this gnome and makes it much more difficult so you're constantly picking it up and dropping it while you're in combat and then you pick it back up and you do your puzzles well a lot of places in the game you end up visiting the same place more than once right you'll like for instance one place you you go across a bridge and then very soon you know within the next 10 minutes you'll be crossing underneath that same bridge you walked over so I had the bright idea. I was like, oh, well, what if I, I know, I already played this game. I know I'm going to be down there in like 10 minutes. What if I just throw the gnome over the side? It'll be down there. And then hopefully in 10 minutes when I come back around, it'll be there. It's like, perfect. You know, I know I'm taking a risk, but whatever. So I did it. I threw it down there, went through the little spot. And sure enough, the gnome was sitting there when I came back around. I'm like, this is perfect. You know, the game knows it knows I'm trying to do this uh, achievement. It keeps track of where that gnome's location is, and then lets me come back and pick it back up again. Fantastic. You get to the Northern Star Hotel, and if you've played this game, you know there's a courtyard out in front of the Northern Star Hotel where that's where you go into the hotel, and then at the end, you come right back into that same courtyard to then progress through the game further. Well, I had the great idea. I'm like, sweet. I don't need to deal with the gnome through this entire hotel. Fantastic. Put it in a spot, save, and hop into the hotel, die of uh, fright in the hotel, and then get out of the hotel and come back to the courtyard. Sure as shit, that fucking gnome is gone. 
it despawned. <laughs> and not oh, only man. that, so not only that, because now I'm like, shit, well, now I have to go through this whole hotel again, but now I got to hold the gnome. So now this will be the third time I'm doing this hotel, and I hate this freaking hotel. <laughs> and then I realized that the way Alex's save files work is when you do a quick save, there's no real way to do a hard save. It's only quick saves or auto save. So you do a quick save, and then, so I obviously did a quick save of me going into the hotel. I figured, okay, worst case, that quick save will be there and I can reload from that spot. Nope. It only saves quick saves like three deep. So you're screwed. So now I don't even have a save where right before I went in the hotel, I have to play the entire game over again if I want to get that achievement. Brilliant. So that is why nope. that game is, I think, one of the ones where I'm at, I'd have to look it up, but I think I'm at like 90 something percent on that game, and it's that damn gnome achievement <laughs> that I missed oh. out, and I have to do that freaking hotel again to do it. So, oh, I'd be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'd be fuck. I'd be so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I ought to throw this in there too. Now that you just, uh, for some reason, just made me think of it, but like the that was the levels where you're in pitch black and you hold, you have a, you get a flashlight eventually during the game, and you could hold the flashlight. And you can hold your gun, so you got your gun up next to your flashlight with your two hands, and the you know, so the flashlight will point forward wherever your gun's pointing, and uh, you got to walk through certain areas in pitch black and watch out for these, you know, the guys, you know, the guys with the crabs on their head, and then you also have the the barnacles that hang down too, and if you are smart enough or, or realize what you can do, some of the things that you can do with these gravity gloves is you can grab a hard hat in certain spots and you can actually put it on your head and you can do the same thing with like a, a kind of like a gas mask. You can actually put it on your face and have it. And it looks like at the beginning, it's like, Oh, that's just kind of neat. Something they added in that you can do, but it actually comes in super handy because if you're going through places with the barnacles hanging down and you have a hard hat on your head, they will grab the hard hat and pull it up that's as awesome. opposed to grabbing you and pulling you up to death. So yeah. it was like, wow, that's like, you don't even think about that, but then when it happens, it's like, holy shit, yeah, that actually worked out, and Kate it does actually come in handy in, like, certain areas where you're going through, uh, where Jeff. the gas is coming out, and you have your, you have the gas mask on, where you go, oh, Jeff is the worst. Fuck Jeff. Jeff. That, <laughs> that's where you need the gas mask, yeah. Jeff. And you put the, you can uh, have the gas mask on, and it'll actually prevent you from, you know, dying from the poison gas that's out there, and yeah, it's actually, that's like, pretty awesome. You know, doing it at the beginning, it's just like, oh, that's kind of a cool little thing. But then, as you go along, if you kept it on and realized, it's like, holy shit, that actually, that actually is something you want to have and comes in handy. And what's nice is it stays with you. So when you put that gas mask on at the very beginning, it'll stay with you the entire game if you don't take it off. Uh, but the problem is, it's super easy to mistakenly take it off because you're constantly reaching over your shoulder for clips to drop uh, these things that. These uh, it's called resin. You find them all over the map, mm -hmm. and it lets you upgrade your gun. Uh, but you're constantly you know, picking up clips, throwing it over your back. Picking up resin, throwing it over your back. Grabbing clips, and that's right next to your chin when you're grabbing over. So you could very easily either grab that hard hat off your head by accident, or grab that face mask off. I know that happened to me once for sure because I knew Jeff was coming. That second time through, I saw that face mask. I'm like, sweet, throw it on right at the beginning of the game. 
And then I got to Jeff. I'm like, yeah, I have my gas mask on. No, I don't. It's not there. It's gone. I lost it, you know, a half hour ago and never even knew. <laughs> so yeah, you could see it a little bit, but if you're not really paying attention, you don't even know. You may not notice that you, yeah, accidentally took it off or whatever. And you know, it's yeah, it's just kind of fun little things that you find that Half Life can do for you. Yep. Um, let's hit a little couple quick hitters here, I think, because uh, I know we're we're running long on time here. Uh, Batman Arkham VR. I don't know. If, I don't know, if, Sean, if you played this one at all. I know Adam was a big fan of this, uh, wanting to play this Batman game. Uh, I'm sure he's already got it on the PlayStation VR. Yeah, in his head. Use your <laughs> yes. words, big fan. I was, I was giving Sean his chance. Okay. I was shaking here. I wasn't watching. Pick up your cues. I was watching myself shake my head. Uh, So then, (laughs) so uh, no, I I took advantage like we talked about last week of seeing what was on sale, um, because PlayStation's been having sales like every week, um, and Batman was not on sale, but I think it was fifteen or nineteen dollars, and then I picked up the Creed Rise to Glory. Uh, that was on sale and two completely different experiences VR where I've enjoyed it versus not enjoying it. Uh, but at least with Batman Arkham, I, I'll talk about is that I think we, what we mentioned was like you're Batman. So it's cool because of that being a nerd with uh, superheroes. So, so far I, if I've enjoyed it, but I haven't made it far because I've just gone down into the cave and explored, but that's one where Iron Man seems so much better compared because it's, I got to take out, shoot my way to different spots because you can't actually really move. Um, and, but like the ability to pick things up and like mess around with what's on the desk, see all the cool little trophies from the different villains in the back cave. And then I'm, I was just sitting and literally throwing batarangs nonstop just because I could. <laughs> and I was just throwing them all over the place. And then, um, so I, I only played it for like 45 minutes and I didn't even progress the first mission. I just, the second I knew I was going in the back cave from like the demo way back when it came out, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be messing around in here for a while. Just going spot to spot. And I was literally just grapple gun out, shoot it at things. And then, uh, battering everywhere. So it's definitely the rail, uh, shooter, whatever we call it. Now I can't think of it. Um, that's definitely that where it's coming to you and you got to snap to places and then like i'm using my rip my uh grapple gun and it's loading and i'm like okay this iron man's a lot better but i enjoy it because it does look good at least it does what about creed rise the glory you mentioned that one quick what is that uh, uh, how about that for boxing enjoyable i thought that i was just like honestly like i was just stupid or something because i was like this isn't working and i would I had to force close it, shut out of the game three times for it to finally calibrate correctly that I I was where I was. I haven't had that issue with the other the four other PlayStation games. Granted, two of them were like the free PlayStation demo slash playground thing, but it kept thinking I was gigantic. I had to make it so that my screen wow. view, like if you're looking Look at, at the menu, was as small as possible. And then I'm like it finally worked where it's like, oh, this is the size of you. And the, it's so off with just swinging my fist. Like, it wasn't picking it up. And I just went around the gym trying different things out. And I was like, this is not great. And I went and, like, just Googled reviews on it. And it seems like it 
it looks like some places give it three or four stars, but like a lot of the bad reviews are the calibration issue, and that yeah, it doesn't pick up my hands. A game that's supposed to focus on my hands for boxing, it's not picking up. And I was like, well, at least I got it on sale. I'm gonna keep trying, but I'm not gonna give it a lot of effort if it doesn't work that great. That's one of the tough see. Things. Boxing is all in your feet. It is. Well, yeah, so that <laughs> part's weird. Work. It doesn't pick you up see Muhammad Ali? the dots. Yeah. All right, Cassius. <laughs> keep the feet moving. It doesn't pick up the, like, if I try to duck. So, like, when I'm in the actual ring trying to do just the one-two and then duck with the glove, and you're with Rocky, but the voice actor doing Rocky doesn't sound like him, so it's, it, that takes me out of it a little. But the if you try to duck, he hits you every time. I have to literally, like, scoot back as far as I can, and that's the only way I watch it go in front of me. I'm like, that's not what they do. They duck punches. It's not just swing far as back as I can. Um, But that game, you have to actually move your arms to move around the gym. That's where I finally felt the, wow, this is weird, being in VR, where I'm not moving, but I'm feeling myself move. And you don't have to do it around the ring as much, but the just walking around the gym, that's where I was like, just have me snap to shit. Why am I walking around the gym? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I I just wondered about that because I also uh, played uh, Thrill of the Fight, which is a pretty decent boxing one, and it's just very generic. But And I wondered how that worked because when I played it on the Odyssey Plus, where it didn't have the room sensors or anything... It was impossible because I'd throw a punch and my glove would just go flying across the you know a ring. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, because it just didn't recognize where your hands were. But playing it on the Valve Index, it's actually a lot of fun and it's it's difficult and it's like you know fucking boxing. So I just yeah. I wondered because I didn't play the Creed one, but I played Thrill of the Fight and that one was actually pretty decent for a sports game at least. Yeah, I'm going to, that was me just doing like the gym training, trying to learn the game. I'm going to get in the ring and see if it's different and see if like, it's not so pinpoint. And like, it clearly, it shows you the move controller heads through my screen. So I can see where my hands are when I'm calibrating. So it's picking up my hands, but like, there's some kind of delay or error between where my hand is and where it thinks I'm hitting. And I had to recalibrate, turn it off three times before it finally was close and I could at least play the game. So one of the uh, good things, too, about playing in VR I wanted to hit a little bit on was the escape rooms. If anybody's fans of just puzzle solving and, and doing escape rooms, you know, it looks like, Drew, you played a good handful of them. I've, I've downloaded a ton, um, and I've only played a few so far, but... Doing the escape rooms on, on VR is actually really entertaining because you're just you're walking around. Depending on you know which one you're playing, there's there could be immersive ones where immersive in, ones where you're in this huge room, or some of them where you're just in a tiny little kind of a closet almost and just solving little puzzles and, and things like that. So it's those are really a lot of fun if you if you can find them. Better. I better. <laughs> Amateur hour. I tell you, this guy. Every week. Yeah, well, you know, but got technical difficulties from time to time. Sorry about that. Yeah. To time. To time. <laughs> but I've played I've played random ones. I, I don't even remember the names of them, uh, honestly. Um, 
but they're I haven't found one that's disappointing. They're they're really entertaining to do and just solving kind kind of tiny little puzzles. I don't know if there's any that stand out to you, Drew, that you've played so far. So I would say Belco VR was one that it's a super small game. I think it's like a tech demo for some, I don't even know. I think it was I got a free like when I literally picked up the Vive. So it's a couple years old for sure. But it was a lot of fun. At, you know, for one of the first games that I played in VAR, um, it was it was really interesting. There was definitely little puzzles. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was some time element to it where you had to you kind of get yourself out before uh, you hit a time limit. There was minor horror stuff where you and not not even that bad. It was literally like the, a spider kind of ran across your hand or something like that. It wasn't nope. uh, wasn't too crazy, but it was no. It, you'd be okay. Um, but so that was kind of fun. But like I said, that was really not super fully fledged. It was just, I think it took you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes to get through it. Uh, the other ones that I've played a little bit more of is Abode. So that one also came out, I think the original came out uh, quite a while ago, back in 2017, or 2016 actually, wow. Uh, and then Abode 2 came out not too long ago. Uh, and I haven't played much of Abode 2, but Abode 1 was, that was fantastic. It was, you know, fully-fledged escape room. Uh, you're trying to solve puzzles, trying to get yourself out of uh, the area that you're in. So I thought that was really good. What? Nice. Is that Abode? Is that Abode Photoshop? That's a new that's a new program that <laughs> uh, you can get in VR. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's Abode, not Adobe. Uh, yeah, I definitely was like, Oh, you downloaded Adobe? That's cool. <laughs> but that was real fun. In the That's VR. a pricey virtual reality game. It, it was. It, it took me a while to get out of that uh, that room I was in. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it kept asking me to paste a color over here and smudge this. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Oh. Had me upload a bunch of photos. So you guys have played, I think, Sean, you mentioned you played some uh, racing games in VR. What kind of experience is that? Because I, I haven't done any of that just yet, so I, I'm wondering how that works when you're in VR trying to do a racing game. It was actually really cool. Like It was one of the cooler experiences I've had with VR. Um, it was uh, Forza Horizons, which Forza is kind of the competitor against Gran Turismo, um, but this one took more of a need-for-speed rally racing drifting type game, and... It was really fun, like just kind of looking around the cockpit, you know, you could see the gear shifter, you could look at your, your gauges, you could check your mirrors, and, uh, you know, I was going along and I took this really nice drift, I mean, not to brag, but I had that line perfect, and oh the column is sitting there in your way, and it was like, oh shit, like, and I leaned my head, and you could, you know, lean your head back and look past that blind spot so you could see where you were going, and I was like, dude, this is the best thing I've ever done. Like, it's a $120,000 car that I'll never get to drive, but damn, does it feel like you're sitting in it. Like, it, it was actually really cool. Did you do I don't a, know if you're into racing games. Uh, a little bit. I like racing games, but I'm terrible at them. I, you know, I just, I don't know. I've never been really good at racing games, but did you do it with a, like, have a steering wheel and everything, or was it just... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy had the steering wheel and everything, and I was like, this is addictive. Like, I wanted to sit there and just keep playing races, because, like I said, just taking that drift, and it was like, you got this big-ass A column in your face, and you just kind of tilt your head out, and sure enough, you can see right past it. I was like, 
that is nuts to me that that we have that technology. That was the first time it really sunk into me because, um, like I said, Biohazard is more of just a shooter. You know, you look at where you want to shoot something and then you pull the trigger, but actually driving and kind of having that immersive experience of, you know, if I look to my right, I can see a, a passenger seat. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this yeah. is fascinating. But Drew, I, yeah. Drew, you've played them. You've played racing games as well, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, you know, a lot of racing games, especially in the VR, a lot of fun is uh, Project Cars and Project Cars 2. Um, and I have a G29 racing wheel. I think, Dan, you have a similar one or same one? I think I have the same one, yeah. Yeah. So, and with the, you know, with the shifter and everything, it's just so much fun. You can hop into literally any car, and especially for these really simulation-heavy racing games, it's 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 amazing. It, like I can't, I literally can't drive half the cars in these games because it's just above my skill level. You know, I go out there and I just, I, all I want to do is hammer down on the gas and like go crazy <laughs> and. All these AI cars are just blowing past me because I'm spinning out and not. And then, I don't know. Then I have uh, my sister's boyfriend comes over. He actually races go karts, and I got him in it. And he was like going to town. He was like, "Oh, this is great." He was racing up at Elkhart Lake right here at my in my screen, and he's going to town with all these cars and stuff. He's like, "This is awesome." I'm like, "How the hell are you doing that?" Like <laughs> I. What car are you using? How are you doing? <laughs> I had no idea how the hell he was getting around this track because it was like some car that was way above my skill level. But yeah, I, it's it's so much fun. And, you know, I, you, you 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 can sit in any game on you know any racetrack that at least is in the uh, sorry any car that on any racetrack that's in the game, and it really teleports you there, and you feel like you're on that racetrack and you can kind of experience these things that you definitely wouldn't be able to experience in real life. So I think it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. That's something I still want to check out. I haven't been able to do that just yet, but I, I just got to hook up my steering wheel and try it just cause I, I have the ability. I just never, never been able to do it yet. Um, <clears throat> one other game I wanted to mention quick. This is basically for Adam's sake. I don't know if it's available for PlayStation VR, but as being a big basketball fan, VR shoot around. If you go take a look at this, it is a virtual half court basketball where you just go out there and you can call for a ball. The ball gets thrown to you and you just shoot hoops. That's all it is. You can do, you can do games. You can do a three point shootout, but it is like the only one I found that's not arcade and as a close to probably realism as you can get, it's Realistic. difficult. Yeah, it's it's still difficult. I like that though. I I barely can make shots. I'm still getting used to it. I'll, I'll sit there and shoot free throws for hours, just trying to get the right rhythm down. Because obviously it's VR and you're using yeah. a controller, not shooting with your normal hand. So it's it's different. But for a realistic wanting to just sit there and shoot hoops, uh, you can't beat it. Yeah, you can't beat it. Have you so like have you ever played like uh Wii Sports basketball or anything mm-hmm. like that? Because you're using the motion controller still, it's just you're not in VR for it. I feel like it's a similar rhythm because like the Wii version, like when I was playing Wii because it's all motion control for that, I got into the rhythm of like exactly what I had to do movement wise to make a shot. And I feel like you, I could eventually get on this. And a funny note about this is that one of the things you can do in Iron Man is when you're in his garage, he has like a 
a kind of a playroom workout room that overlooks his whole garage. And you can like go over there, you can start lifting weights, you can do chin ups uh, and feel yourself doing that. And then he has like one of those pop up basketball things and you hit the button and it starts counting the time down. And you're just, and I thought that's why I hit my hand on the light is because I'm sitting there and I'm like, I did that for like half an hour before being like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not even, I'm not even playing the game. I'm playing as Tony, Tony Stark in his uh, playroom shooting basketballs. And I'd, I'd equate the Wii Sports basketball to, there's another game called VR Super Sports. If you take a look at that one, there's a handful of sports games you can play and there's there's a baseball one where you can just, it's a home run derby and there's like archery, yeah. which is pretty cool. And Which is all Wii Sports. It's like yeah. the same, yeah. It's like Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. And that's the basketball that's pretty close to it where it's it generally you just get used to that certain flick of the wrist and you can knock down yeah. a lot of your shots. This one is nothing like that. Like it's it's like insanely attempting to be realistic and you can you can give some, there's some levels where you can, you know, you can adjust the, I don't know what they call it, but you can adjust the 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 way it shoots for you, so it can give you a little more of a of a straighter shot, you know, unless sure specific to the way you're shooting, you're throwing your wrist up, but it doesn't help a lot. <laughs> it's still sure. like I overshoot the hell out of the, you know, I overshoot the backboard like all the damn time. It's like anytime I'm trying to shoot a three, like it's not even close. Like it's it's crazy. Yep, how realistic that was. Get with it, so that, that's what it was like when I'm playing this in uh, Iron Man, where it's like, I got it to a rhythm where it was good, and then if I tried to do it harder, I would just watch that sucker fly. And it's just like a little pop-up thing, but like, and then I'm like, well, now I'm just gonna start throwing shit around the garage and seeing what I can do now. Uh, But it, I like that because it gives you the ability, like, let's go experiment and pick up things, which I think is pretty good with Iron Man. I didn't expect the ability to go look at a table, pick up a magazine, and have be able to flip through a page to actually see things like that. Um, but yeah, I like because I'm new to all the VR stuff, so like this is my first time, obviously owning a VR headset and then playing these games myself versus just trying them at a friend's house. And so like I am just trying to download all the things I can find, free, cheap, doesn't matter, just to try it out and. Uh, keep enjoying it because it is a lot of fun well and if you're a golf fan and if it's available check out tea time golf because time that is a phenomenally good golf game it is kind of like um what was the arcade style type of game that was on the playstation hot shots hot shots golf it's hot shots golf it's like that in in the style, uh, in the animation, and the way the characters look, but it is, it has an arcade feel to the golfing experience. But it is realistic enough that it feels like you're really golfing. And you know, some of the things sure. are a little more exaggerated. But like, like I slice in my real golf game. I slice in this game. Like, <laughs> I, I, like damn near the exact same drive. It's like it's crazy. Like how the hell doesn't recognize that but i have the same exact type of golf swing apparently and it knows and it recognizes it which is really cool sure and but it it's still a little enough of an arcade that it's just entertaining as hell and it's you know not as super realistic but is so fun to play and you can play against computer opponents and 
people you could create your own courses and people have created courses you can just go and that's awesome pick them and play them you know you're not stuck to the couple that it has available for you so it's really neat and it's just it is super entertaining to play and you can upgrade your guy you know as you get experience and you gain levels and coins you stuff you can buy new clothes and new clubs and you know keep upgrading your guy and you know there's little challenges you can play against you know computer opponents that you have to beat that you play one-on-one with which is really cool because like they're playing alongside of you so you can watch them as they're swinging and playing and you're you know hitting and you work your way up to the green and you know finish the hole off and it's just it's really fun so if you're looking for a golf experience that one i can't recommend that one enough over any of what I've I've seen so far. Yeah, and from what I've noticed, obviously Steam and PlayStation don't have the same games, but it looks like you can find very similar. Like they have a PlayStation Everybody's Golf, it's called, and everything you've been describing about the one you just said, this looks like that. I don't know if it has the creation ability of creating your own course, but what I do like is all of these bigger games for PlayStation VR has a demo, so I can at least try before i buy so i like i've just been just even sitting here as i'm looking up things i'm clicking download now because i can get it started i can get it going since it's sitting there and rest and then when i play tomorrow uh and enjoy the day i can try all these demos and be like, okay i'll spend money on this or yeah this is okay not worth 30 dollars or whatever it ends up being uh one other Sports game I want to bring up though is a game, and I'm I'm gonna guess this one probably isn't available for PlayStation, but uh, it's called Two MD VR Football Evolution, and it is basically playing a two minute drill as a quarterback for football, and it is freaking awesome. And there's it's basically robot characters that you're playing as, you know, um, but that you can create plays. You have eight different plays that you can draw up on a board before you go into the game, and you can draw up the play however you want and it'll remember the play so when you get into the game you just press the control stick you know left right up down whatever and it'll show you the play that you picked and you know shows the receivers and what routes they're going to run but you basically start at the 20 yard line and you got two minutes to and you know like the first level is you're down by six points and you got to get a touchdown within the two minutes to beat the computer and then you move on to round two and there's there's a couple rounds you know it gets more difficult as you go and there's first like four rounds, you, you're down six, and then all of a sudden you're down 13, and you got to score two touchdowns in the two minutes, and it just gets more difficult. Uh, but it's it is so cool because you get to sit there, you're in the back behind the line of scrimmage as the quarterback, and you're looking around left and right, and you're seeing what you know the quarterback would see, uh, and it is just, I mean, so entertaining. If you're you ever wanted to play a quarterback, you know, in football, you get to do it, and it's just so fun to be able to play that game. All right, one game, and there is a good handful that are out there like this, I think, that are a little more interactive where you can play with other people rather than just being you. And I think, Drew, you put this one on the list. Keep talking and nobody explodes. And I know this game has been is a game that's out there non-VR, but you mm-hmm. got this option where now where you can play it in VR and with other people. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's an awesome type of game, and... Uh, I think, uh, Dan, you and I played one similar to this called I Am the Sky. Sky. Yeah. And so there's a lot of these games that are coming out now because they know, they realize that, you know, really, if you have a PC, 
uh, you're probably going to have only one VR headset. It's going to be very difficult for you to get a second PC and a second VR headset and a second space to play it in. Uh, so if you still want to do kind of that, you know, in the same house multiplayer experience, they have a lot of these where there's one person in VR and then one potentially plus people that are either just on the computer screen or even maybe don't even need a computer. Maybe they're uh, doing something else. And that's the case uh, with Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. It's The person in the VR is uh, tasked with defusing a bomb. Uh, but the problem is, is you don't have a, a manual to defuse it. The people that have the manual is all of your friends that don't have a view of what you're seeing. So you can't see the manual as the person in the VR, and the people with the manual can't see the bomb you're trying to defuse. So you are tasked with, you know, usually there's anywhere from four to 12 little uh, sections of this bomb that you have to defuse. And the trick is that the manual has 30 different types of things that you could have to do. And each one has a huge instruction list on how you're, de- you're supposed to defuse that section of the bomb. So you're constantly having to explain like, okay, I have four wires and they're like, okay, well, how are they arranged? Are they vertical? Are they horizontal? What colors are they? And you're constantly having to fight, you know, talk, not fight. You know, sometimes it turns <laughs> into a fight, but talk back and forth about like, okay, it's three wires and they're this color. So it's this. And the instructions in the manual are intentionally convoluted enough to, for you to kind of get confused and not be able to communicate well between each other. Uh, so it's a really cool party game. You know, you could have, you know, maybe in the back of the days before COVID when you'd have, you know, a bigger party in your basement or in your house, you'd have a group of people that, you know, maybe each one would have a different page of this manual and you'd be stuck inside the, the box trying to defuse this bomb and you're just calling out like, okay, this is, this is the module I have now. Who can help me with that? And then you try to communicate. It's a, it's a really cool kind of party game. Uh, you can turn it into a drinking game, you know, if you, if you miss one or every time you defuse a bomb and take a drink, every time you miss something, drink, take a drink. You could take a drink as often as you want this game, right? So, uh, but there's a lot of cool games like that out there. I mean, there's that one. There's Eye in the Sky, which is another kind of variant uh, that's more of just a two-player, one in VR, uh, one out, uh, where the person outside of the VR is controlling this little robot, and then the person in the VR is kind of this eye in the sky, uh, larger person that helps the the little robot get through these levels. So it's a genre of games that are out there now, and I don't even know what you would actually search for to kind of identify these types of games. But uh, it's pretty interesting that they're kind of realizing that, you know, trying to take the hardware into account and let people still be able to play cooperatively uh, with different sets of hardware. It's pretty interesting. There's one out there called Takeling's House Party that I wanted to play with the kids and stuff last time they were here, <clears throat> where it's just um, one the person in VR is like the the big human who's like in the in this room and all the other guys who would play on their phones or whatever would be like a little tiny little character that would run around the room and the object of the game was to not get caught within a certain time limit by the human. And like they would, one of them, the ones I saw was you're in this kitchen and these little guys, you, you would just try to run around the kitchen and try and avoid getting caught. And if the guy human would grab you, like in, the VR guy would end up grabbing you and he could throw you onto a, you know, onto a pan and cook you on the stove or drop you in the blender or whatever, like to try, you know, to kill you or, you know, and whatever. And you're just basically trying to avoid getting caught. And it's like, it looked like so much fun and just stupid entertainment, you know, to play, but we never got a chance to try it out. But that's, yeah, similar types of games where you can just, you know, do that kind of thing. 
I was just going to say, because it, it sounds like you guys have listed a couple, is that something you is common, like those kind of games, where it's, or does that seem to be newer? I, where... I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's super common. Sure. Uh, but it, there's definitely more of them that seem to be coming out. So. Sure. Yeah, because I had no idea that was a thing. Um, one of the free games that comes as like a demo, try this out, learn how to, you know, play in VR for PlayStation, it, you can play with more than yourself. Like it, it everything, like you do all these different little mini, <laughs> that's a that's, sex that's, that's title. <laughs> uh, and then um, all these, all these that's little, the uh, all these little mini games, it, it'll say one to four, two to four, whatever the case is. And uh, it's like, this person is in VR doing this. Everybody else is this. And you put, can all uh, play the game. And if you have multiple PlayStation four controllers um i was like oh that's kind of cool that... uh-oh uh-oh the storm has caught the him thun- the thunder hit him the lightning hit adam yeah he done gone from this earth sorry guys which is not good because <laughs> i i live right near him so i might be next yeah oh, i think boy. he lives right between the two of us so yeah. it, might, it depends on which way it's going <laughs> <laughs> oh boy it could head perpendicular that could yeah. it'll pass right through. Right through the middle. I like it. <laughs> well, while we wait for him. Yeah. Oh, Sean, <laughs> what's your favorite Beat Saber game? Beat or, Saber? Song. Yeah, what's your favorite Beat Saber <laughs> game? A song. I don't have the track list memorized, but uh, it wins something like ums, 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 yeah. ums, and then just kind of oh. slash around. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah. It's called the ums. It's song. Yeah. Um, so um. so I, I, I'll oh, tell you really what. Gone. Oh, he's gone. He's really <laughs> gone now. Uh, one thing that's nice about the PC versus uh, the PlayStation is the modding that you can do with a lot of these games. <laughs> and I, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know if the PlayStation, they have uh, the ability to download these other songs. But man. For Beat Saber, you can download pretty much any song you want. Somebody's created a track for Beat Saber for it. Uh, don't ask me how legal or illegal that is, but it's it's awesome. It's towing the line. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's on. It's I was going to ask. I, I don't know if it's yeah, on I don't, the spectrum. I don't know if you know Sean or not that if that's possible on, on PlayStation VR. I, I have no idea if that's something that they can be that can be done. I would assume no. It'd probably be released as DLC or something like that, kind of like what uh, Guitar Hero did. Um, I mean, I know they do modding stuff for the PS4, like Skyrim. They finally released like updates where you could use some of the mods that people had made, but I'm sure it's not nearly as accessible as as it is for you know a PC game. Yeah, I mean, there is. I've tried scrolling through all the different things I've I've saw, you know, where you can download them, and there's, I mean, literally. Any song you want, you can get for the most part. I mean, they have like all the Disney songs were available, you know, those kind of things. Like any song I could think of that I wanted to try out was there. You know, I don't even. I think they had a didn't they even have like a Portal song in there too? I think. But, oh wow! Uh, now I, I, I would kind of associate it more towards um, like you remember. We, t- we talked about this a while ago, but Game Sharks. Like, if you really wanted to mod your game, you had to have a very specialized setup. You had to go in there. You had to code it out. You know, you, it, it took a lot of work to get mods into a game. 
Um, and it's, I guess it still be that same sort of thinking for the PS4 is if you really really want to do something I'm sure you can do it but it's not it's not as accessible so yeah best song you found so far Drew man I don't know I the I most still entertaining. I, <laughs> yeah well I say I would say even though they have all of those modded uh, songs and you can bring all these different songs and I still think the ones that are built into the game are the best produced ones. Uh, you know, the movements match perfectly. You know, the fact that there really isn't a lot of words in you know most of them, it's mostly just this like kind of techno beat. So uh, I think they're the best produced, and the the movements line up the best with the song. So I would say it's probably one of the ones in there. Uh, I think there literally is one called Beat Saber. Uh, it's like the first one that you get into, and I've kind of found a, myself accustomed to that song i thought it was pretty cool so I'll, I'll take the easy route and say the beat saber song like the first one you play Very but nice. uh really just, pussing out man yeah that's okay <laughs> did you ever play uh boom boom rocket no okay so, so it was a song? around the no no it, it's a video game um it's like a guitar hero video there yep Yep, we almost uh, lost you. I no, he's gone. What? No, he's there. Oh, he's back. Okay. I. Nope. Is he? He's not talking. He's not talking. Uh-oh. They all gone. Man. Nope. We can hear you. Oh boy. You know, I think this is a sign that we probably should just wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. we're losing the co-hosts. Everybody's left and right going here. down. Oh boy. Well. We might get him back. I see him moving around. I can see the video, but the audio is gone. Yeah. All right. Well, that means then that we might have to talk about our last our last uh, game here. <laughs> it might be a good idea to start wrapping things up. So let's do it. Not anywhere near the storms. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I wanted to save this one for last because it's probably my favorite. I don't know about Drew if it's your favorite, but Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades is one of the first games I was introduced to by you, and uh-huh. is still one of my favorite games to play right now when it comes to VR, and is the game that I show everybody whenever they come over to check out the VR. It's a fantastic game. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those okay. ones that's up there. I think I'm back. No, oh, is he back? He's back. Yeah, no, he's not. Maybe. I don't think he can hear us. So <laughs> no, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sort of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so yeah. Uh, Hi, gentlemen. <laughs> howdy. Hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades. It's a fantastic game. Uh, basically, it's. You know, one of the first VR games that came out that was a Ganya simulation game. So these are very realistically modded, uh, modeled guns where you actually have physical control over the gun. You have to load uh, the the magazine or the clip or whatever you call it 
into the gun. You actually have to pull uh, the receiver back and load it and cock it and everything and pull the trigger you know, physically with your finger. So it's it's a very heavy simulation gun uh, simulator, right? It's a gun game. And uh, the the developer, it's an individual guy uh, that's developing it. And it's I believe it's still in early access as, at this point. I don't think it's come out uh, uh, as a full release yet. But don't let that scare you away. It's a fantastic game. I believe the, the developer's name is Anton. And he, he still, to this day, I think, posts uh, weekly or so devlogs uh, to YouTube where he talks about different things that he's bringing into the game. Uh, he's released you know countless. There's probably 30 or so different modes in the game that you can play now. Everything from you know shooting ranges and shooting galleries all the way up to uh, full-blown uh, you know sh- shooting simulations where you're moving through uh, through a, you know, it's kind of like this futuristic uh, hangar type thing. And you're, the enemies are, it's interesting, the enemies are all hot dogs running around mm-hmm. trying to shoot back at you. So it's, it's kind of fun, you know. Uh, but Fuckers. it's, <laughs> <yeah>. so <laughs> even though it kind of looks a little arcadey at times, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's very, very high end graphics, but these little hot dogs kind of run around and are a little silly. But it, you, it really brings you into the game. You can load out your weapons however you want. There's a ton of different opportunities to, you know, add sights, add silencers, add, you know, flags hanging off the thing. You can go full Murica if you want on some of this stuff, right? So it's it's really customizable, really awesome. And I know they're putting a ton of effort into he's but I think it really is literally one guy that's developing this game. Uh, so he's putting a ton of effort into it and it's just a really good game. The fact that it's still technically early access is what kills me because this game is is ridiculously fun and has so much content in there, but it's still growing all the time and there's still new stuff and there's new guns that they'll come out with or yeah, like you said, there's 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 ranges that you can play, but then there's these little kind of offshoot little half stories that you can go into and, and move around and you know have kind of dual but have battles with the hot dogs and stuff like that and it's just it can be fun and entertaining but like just the the bare bones of it of being able to go into a shooting range and go into just having basically you go into a table and you have all this different stuff around you like watermelons and little targets that you can shoot and things like that and you just pick through a handful of different guns and the the details of it are so ridiculous because you can you pick up the gun and you have uh you know like you said you can you know you put a drop a clip in you know you can add sights you can add uh silencers you can add whatever you want and you have so many different options and you know you have to turn off the safety you know when you're you know turn you pick up a gun and it clicks and it's like oh why can't i shoot oh the safety's still on i got to click the safety off or you know, the way you load the guns and, you know, it's different for a rifle as opposed to just cocking a, a you know, a nine millimeter or something. You actually have to load bullets and crank the, you know, thing. And if it's a regular rifle where you got to drop a bullet in every single time and load it, you know, single shots. And it's so detailed that it's 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 ridiculously entertaining and it's a great game to show off what VR can do when it comes to games. 
And really, one of the best uh, modes is Worst World. Have you played nice. through that at all? I have played through the entire Worst World. It is awesome. Okay, good. It's uh, you know, it came out I think probably a year or two ago. It was right when uh, Westworld, maybe first season of Westworld came out. So maybe that's closer to three years now ago. I don't know, probably two and a half. Um, but it was right when uh, the first season of Westworld ended, and he brought out this Worst World. Uh, you know, playing off the hot the hot dog theme with uh, Worst, but it's. Uh, it's just awesome. You're in the Wild West. It kind of has a sepia tone to it. It's all these, uh, you know, old-timey guns, revolvers, and uh, it's just it's just awesome. You kind of play as a sheriff, and you start out the, the game in this worst world with just kind of little shooting galleries and trying to solve certain little puzzles and stuff. But then eventually you get to this point where you put on the sheriff's badge, and as soon as you have the sheriff's badge on, now there's... Uh, bandits that are coming into town and are trying to take over and you have to, you know, uh, dispatch of these bandits. And it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think, you know, it was for a lot of us, people that had VR for a little bit longer, it was one of the first forays into playing a kind of more tactical shooter in VR where you actually had to kind of hide behind things. You could actually get shot you know, figuring out how the locomotion works, you know, working through all of the uh, motion sickness issues and, you know, whether you're doing the arm movement style of moving around or the blink and teleport style of moving around. It was, you know, it's, for me, it was, it was the first foray into learning how to do all of that stuff. And it's just a really good time. And yeah, once you get through it, you, you end up uh, in that last area where you have this big Gatling gun you can start using and stuff. It's just, it just escalates really cool. So it's yeah. nice. Yeah. The worst world is great. And you get like, yeah, you've got a kind of handful of different weapons you can use and you got six shooters and, uh, I mean, I can't remember the gun that it's called, but where you basically cock it by pulling the handle and you could flip the gun. It's a lever action, lever action where you just, you, you yeah. flick your wrist and the gun will flip around and, and cock for the next you know shot and everything. And, yeah, the little kind of little mini games that they throw in at you where it's like, okay, you got to put this puzzle together and it tells you what four items around that you got to shoot, you know, uh, you know, just a beer bottle or a jug or, you know, a uh, weather vane or whatever. You got to shoot things in certain order to unlock, you know, the a key to get to, you know, the next thing. And there's, you know, the horseshoes part of it. There's like 15 or 14 or so different spots where there's just a horseshoe out there and you got to grab the horseshoe and look for you know the goal that you need to throw it onto and you just got to stand there and you got to throw it until you can finally hit it and you know just the little mini things like that and i don't remember what you i don't remember what you get if you you get the key if when you get that when you get all 14 of them or whatever but it's just fun little mini games they throw in at you that you can walk around and do and it's just this experience that's so fun and just the fact that you can you could pick they have so many different guns like anything you can think of and it's just fun to experiment and i think one of the shooting galleries has a, a clay pigeon shooting areas where you can just you know you select some clay pigeons or you can throw up uh pumpkins i think get thrown up there and you just you can shoot them down i mean it's just so much fun just the little things that you can do and experiment with it's one of those games i love i'm glad you showed it to me because it's the one that just put, it can hook you so quickly into this world of VR. Yep. So Adam, now that you're back, do you have any, uh, any last thoughts on games you're, you're looking forward to to play or that you have played so far that 
are uh, are entertaining besides Iron Man? Uh, I'm I'm trying to realize when you lost my connection. Probably talking about playing with others, right? So yep. Uh, yeah. So that's good. That can be. I was hoping that would be my last words of the <laughs> of this uh, podcast. No. I, so there are a couple games that are newer for um, PlayStation VR that just came out. Uh, so I obviously chose the bundle with um, Iron Man, but there. One that stuck out to me immediately was the Blood and Truth, which takes on something from, like, their VR Worlds, I think it was called, um, where it looks like it's pretty action-packed and some good gun mechanics and a lot of shooting and stuff like that. And then I'm, uh, I saw there's a Skyrim VR on PlayStation. I was like, yep, I'm probably going to buy that and play that. I don't even know what it's going to be, but I'm going to buy it and do it, so... Sean, any games that you have played besides Forza that you uh, you enjoyed or recommend in the VR world? Oh, he's muted or it's delayed or he can't hear us. I'm not sure. That's not good. Man, it's been a fun ending to this show. Skype, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Living the dream on this uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, you can hear us because he's laughing, but we can't hear him. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. Crap. Well, I'll mention one more that I wanted to, I wanted to mention real quick is Crisis uh, Brigade. There, there are two of them, but uh, it's Crisis VR Brigade. But the first one is I would I would highly not recommend because it is way too fucking difficult. But the second one, they made a little bit more improvements and it's pretty decent. If you are a fan of Time Crisis. Buy this game, because it is fucking fun as hell, even though it's difficult. But it's like playing Time Crisis in VR. It's it's the exact same, and it's like you gotta basically duck down and hide behind the you know it moves you from section to section like Time Crisis would. But then you gotta physically like hide behind certain whatever thing you're next to, and you gotta pop out and shoot the bad guys and. It is kind of stupid fun. It's it's very difficult. They made it very hard. Like the first one's impossible, which really frustrated me because there's there's no difficulty levels really as far as I've found. But the second one they've toned it down a little bit, so it's it's actually playable. I, like the first try, I got through three sections before I died, so at least that was way better because I've only gotten past three sections on the first love first one one time ever. So. <laughs> Uh, so uh, <laughs> promising. So try the second one if you're interested. If you like time crisis type of games or uh, you know any of those type ones, that that's it's time crisis in VR. So highly recommended. All right. So since we're people are dropping left and right, I think we're gonna call it a day before we lose every connection here. So that was fucking awesome. I don't know about you guys, but I love virtual reality. I'm glad we got to spend some time yeah. talking about it. I know we went quite long. But hopefully everybody had a good time. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> and I hope we gave you some new games to try out or at least look for, Adam. <laughs> yes. I will definitely be. I am glad. I wish I would have jumped on this sooner. Uh, That's what she said. Because it, yes, it is fun. I'm just all about the sexual innuendos. Time yeah, yeah. thing. Skype's going to cut <laughs> out in said. three, two. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, wait, hey, we heard that one. Hey, you got that. <laughs> 
all we get. <laughs> Son of a bitch! End it, end it, play that's, the final music. That's, that's the way to call it a day right there, I'll tell you. <laughs> I have to give love to people and tell people where we need, where they can find us before I can just hang it up. You can Son do that in the post bitch. show. You gotta just end it after the Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right to the closing. We've got sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to follow us, if you enjoyed that, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at a winner is you. That's the letter U. A winner is you. Also, follow thechairshot.com where we post all our stuff, especially in the entertainment section where you will find this and bandwagon nerds and sports such as Three Man Weave. Go check it out. Go check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot, where you can get all of your wrestling shirts, as well as we are working on our A Winner Is You t-shirts, which will hopefully be out there soon, so keep an eye out. We'll let you know when those are available. You can follow me as well on the DWI podcast. i got to give a shout-out to myself and my other show. At Podcast DWI on the Twitter and Facebook.com slash DWI Podcasts. And I'm also part of the Bandwagon Nerds, which we record on Sundays and we post every Tuesday for you guys, where we talk, uh, you know, not necessarily gaming, but more the entertainment side of things and, you know, the DC Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all that fun stuff, you know. The important topics. Yeah, yeah, the fun stuff. So, I think that's all she wrote. Before the storm consumes us all, we're going to call it a day and let everybody... Hey, you're losing your connection, too, over there, Tex. I don't know how that's working out. I don't know how that's happening. I don't know how that's happening. We should have been long gone before you. I don't get it. Yep. (laughs) So, that'll do it. I hope you stuck around for all of it, despite the technical difficulties and the two-hour-long episode today. Two-hour plus, so good job, everybody. But it's a fun topic. VR is fantastic. We could talk about it for more hours because there is a ton more games we, we skipped on and we could have talked about more. But yep. we will figure it out. Maybe we'll bring it up on another episode coming down the line. But for all of us here, just remember, it's dangerous to game alone. Take us. <laughs>